music. It's not just part of our daily lives, it's part of our wrestling fandom as well, and it has been for decades. That's where this show comes in, Music of the Mat, the podcast devoted exclusively to the music of pro wrestling, hosted by Andrew Rich. Hey, that's me. Each episode delivers a different topic with a variety of great guests, fun conversations, musical analysis, and of course, a heartfelt pun or two. New episodes drop every other Tuesday on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or your podcast app of choice. Check out Music of the Mat only on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. You are listening to the flagship podcast with your hosts, Joe Lanza. I hate the commentators. I hate the ring announcers. I hate the production. I hate the wrestling. I hate the interviews. I hate uh, their promo style. I hate the way the shows are presented. I hate the way the shows are paced. I hate the video packages. I hate everything about this company with every fiber of my being. And Rich Crage. You know, he comes out and you're just like, oh, gross. Like, look at this guy. (laughs) In in all the best ways possible. He's just the the slimiest looking guy you've ever seen. I love him so much. He's so good. (laughs) And we are live on the flagship podcast. I am Rich. He is Joe. Joe, what's happening? How are you? New and improved, Joe. More more base. Well, Joe, I do have to say, um, if the listeners, if I sound a little different to the listeners, and this isn't the pristine audio quality that you're accustomed to with the Joe Lanza <laughs> audio production and your USB headset that held together literally by tape, there is a uh, there was a reason for that. Uh, lore. My, There's my, lore. The director of lore. The WWE director know, of lore. I think sometimes lore is a little overused, but. Uh, um, the people can decide whether this is lore or not. The microphone simply died oh. last night as we were attempting to do the NFL show with uh, with Collings. So that show uh, has been scrapped for the week. There will be no NFL show this week due to the uh, dead microphone. I did not want to do that show uh, over the phone. That would have been awful. So uh, we just scrapped it. It also means that I had to spend my day uh, hunting down a new microphone, but I had to be home for the uh, AW media call and do my work with that. So that was like right in the middle of the day. That's like at noon. So um, then did the write up for that. Then you got to get the kids from school. Then you got to start the chicken catchatory. Then you got to go hunt down a microphone. Got to start and, the chicken catchatory. Yeah. Yeah. So basically, I'm like, you know, my day was basically like Henry Hill in the third act of Goodfellas, just, you know, where he's trying to move the coke. He's trying to get his brother from the hospital. He's he's got to make sure, you know, that that he's mixing the sauce and and pounding out the veal. He's got the helicopters overhead, you know, with the FBI watching him. So that was my day today. Third act of Goodfellas. Uh, But we got the microphone. um, Cheapest one Best Buy had available, of course, because, you know, I spare no expense. (laughs) For this, usual, uh, yeah. <laughs> if this people think audio. that was that was Joe saying, ah, hell, I just got to go with whatever one I could find. I'll go with the cheapest one. Uh, that that's par for the course. That's pretty much how things have gone since 
Since day one, really. I mean, I, I, I think I did our first show on like a, I, I was on like a PS2 headset, uh, a very old PS2 headset. Then we both upgraded to Logitech, like, you know, the SOCOM headset or whatever I think I was using uh, for a little while. Then we both upgraded to Logitech USB headsets for a little while. Those were, were pretty fancy. Uh, then I moved on to more expensive microphones and Joe... Uh, why mess with the good thing Joe stuck with the Logitech USB headsets for the rest of the time for the next nine years or so? And here we are. Yeah, uh, this is actually a Cosair. Oh, sir, not a Logitech. <laughs> wow. I, I so, that's you, worse, I think. Right. Uh, well, what again? Whatever was cheapest and had a USB connector is what I purchased. Okay, at the uh, at the Best Buy today, where I also replaced two broken Fire TV remotes. Did you know, Rich? That it is more expensive to purchase a Fire TV remote than it is to buy an entirely new Fire TV stick with remote. Interesting. So, what, what are the remotes going for? Twenty nine ninety nine. Oh no, no, and, no! And you can get the and now listen, <laughs> and you can get an older model. They had Fire sticks. Now they're older models. They're not four K compatible. But for the TV we have in the kitchen, that's okay because it's just a little TV. You know what I mean? For fourteen ninety nine, you can get a whole new stick with the remote. The remote itself costs twenty nine ninety nine. It doesn't make any sense, but I think I figured out what their what the reason that they that they are able to pull this off and get away with it. Okay, so if you buy a whole new stick, you've got to input your internet information. You've got to connect it to your fucking uh, network. You've got to re-download all of the apps. You got to put all your passwords back in for the apps. Rich, I spent the extra money just for the remote, so I wouldn't have to go through all that bullshit. Yes, yes. And they know that people are going to say, you know what? I'll spend an extra ten or fifteen dollars if I don't have to take out hours of my life downloading all of the apps and putting all the passwords back in and all of the other bullshit and rigmarole. That's right, rigmarole that goes with hooking up a new stick. Now, if I were upgrading to the latest stick, maybe I'd just buy the new stick and save the money, right? But again, it's just for a small kitchen TV. So I spent $29.99 on a Fire Stick remote for the uh, for the TV in the kitchen and the TV in the living room because the children broke the remote in the kitchen and they lost the remote in the living room. <laughs> no one knows where it is. It's in the living room vortex. It's gone. It's been gone. And I can guarantee you this. Sometime this week, now that I just spent $60 on remotes. Oh, you're going to find it tonight. What do you mean sometime this week? Tonight you're finding yes, that thing. It'll turn up. That's the law. That's how it, that's how it works. Okay. So, um, and then I also looked at smart refrigerators. And we'll be picking one of those up probably oh on Saturday. God. So, yeah, I, I've, always, I've always felt that was a bridge too far. What, 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 what enticed you about the smart refrigerator? Well, I'm glad you asked. Um it has nothing to do with any of the features or what it can do because I'm not quite sure what what in fact it does do. I just it makes me feel like I'm rich. So we're going to get a smart refrigerator and you know that way when people come over they're going to go, "Ooh, you've got a smart refrigerator." And for those fleeting 2 or 3 seconds, I get to say, "Yes, yes I do." It has a touch screen and I don't really know what it does, but we have a state of the art smart refrigerator and TLB is on board with that because she too uh, uh, loves to uh, spend money unnecessarily to to make herself feel good for ten to fifteen seconds. Yeah, and this one in particular, I, I, I've seen the smart refrigerators, and I can never, 
I, I just don't know if I see it just yet. It's it's the the nurse wanted one, and I was just like, I don't know that I need to know that badly if we're like out of corn. Like you know what I mean? Like you can put your shopping list on it, and then it tells you about your shopping list, or it has like the digital screen or whatever. I I don't know. I, I've yet to find what what I feel is truly the. It's not like you know. If you live without a uh, like an ice maker or you know, uh, you know water coming out of your fridge, like once you go there, you can't go back. Like you, you, th- that is that is a you're like yeah, that is something I absolutely need. If I have just a normal standard refrigerator and I have the option to have a refrigerator where I can get water and ice cubes from it, like you got to do that. That's an upgrade you have to do. I've never never quite seen it with the uh, the, the, the smart refrigerator, but uh, as long as you use voicewrestling.com/slash/amazon and not Best Buy. Uh, I have no problem with that. Voiceofwrestling.com slash Amazon is how you're going to want to buy that uh, smart refrigerator. So, Well, TLB wants one where she wants the fridge where you walk by and you touch it and it lights up and shows you what's in it without opening the door. Yeah, okay. I've seen that. Yeah, they try to pull that as like being energy efficiency type stuff, which, all right, that's that's well, fine. I, I mean, mean, it, it is, but it's running out of time. They're like, it won't. You don't have to open the door anymore. And I'm like, yeah, but what is making the, <laughs> the thing is lighting up. There's lights everywhere. There's things going. I'm sure it's not, you know. Well, I, I don't know if it's in the, in the world. It's not energy efficiency. It's just cool as fuck is what it is. That's what it is. I don't give a shit about energy efficient. That is the least of my concerns. I never look at that dopey sticker they put on appliances that tells you, how much energy you're using and what's going to cost you per year and all that, that gets ignored. I just want things that look cool and look modern. That's my number one concern when shopping for an appliance. In other words, Rich, I am the appliance company's favorite kind of customer because uh, you just want it to I, look cool. You just want right. it to, yeah. Like, are you a, uh, you're, I, I imagine, I don't, I don't know, but you, I imagine you're a stainless steel guy, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. All right. I wasn't sure. Like, Cause there, no, and, and I don't mean to, I know you're not like a white, the the, the normal like white, because then you look old. That's old fashioned. That's what you're. When I have. bought this house, it came with all of those old lady white appliances. <laughs> right, mine too. <laughs> yeah. And the the first thing I did was go to fucking Home Depot, buy a full, buy a refrigerator, a microwave, a stovetop, and a dishwasher that were stainless steel. And I sold the four old lady white appliances. That's the first thing I did when I moved into the house. You can't you can't have those old lady looking appliances no no certainly not and uh, the the other thing i was going to say is uh because now they have like the and and i wasn't sure if you were maybe one of these guys because they have that like it's not i don't know what the the term they have a fun term for it but they're like the black matte colored ones have you seen those oh like the college football helmets the kind of yeah yeah i don't know what they're what they're officially called i don't know what best buy would call that uh you know the black uh refrigerator or whatever but it, it it uh they're slick, but they're a little too modern. You know what I mean? Like stainless steel is yeah. timeless. Like you, you know that's going to hold up yeah. for a while. Yeah. Well, this weekend we're probably uh, probably getting a new fridge. <laughs> an upgrade. Good so, for you. Good for you. Yeah, new fridge is always a fun day. That, that's so my my microphone breaking led to spending. You know. Yeah. You could have just spent. Okay. So here's the thing. You you rag on me. Just buy the TV, Rich. Just buy the TV. Rich. You buy yeah. the court. What is it? Corsair. <laughs> Are they I think still it's still in business. Called, I didn't even know they were still around. It's, it's but. the bottom of the line Corsair gaming Corsair. headset. Corsair, okay. Listen, it said it's GameStop's number one choice oh. for for uh, for um, <laughs> for budget headset. It's oh. or something like that. Okay. So you know, I, so listen, you know, but but then I end up spending sixty dollars on Fire Stick remotes and probably another couple grand on a fridge later this week is what happens when I make a trip to Best Buy. Then I started wandering over by the TVs, and I'm like, Joe, no, stop. Stop it. Because you're going to find some TV you fall in love with. You've already got nine TVs in the house. This is outrageous. This is unnecessary. You can't set me out in a Best Buy. 
You can't. You can't. But do it. here's yeah. the thing. So you so you get the, how how much is this headset? In full disclosure, how much did you pay for this headset? Fifty nine ninety nine. That's more than I thought. Okay, I, I thought you were going to thirty nine ninety nine at fifty nine. Yeah, listen, you can spend as little as twenty nine ninety nine, but they don't have the USB connection. Oh, you got to put it in like the the mic plug or whatever. Yeah, that's, that's right. Tough. Yeah. So I got the cheapest one that you can get. <laughs> but instead of just USB. instead of just paying eighty nine, uh, you went. You know, with with the well, what can I get for eighty nine? I don't know. Actually, I haven't. Uh... It's still gonna be shit. Like I, I, okay. Here's the thing. Now but you're gonna probably... you're gonna spend five thousand dollars on new appliances here, probably. Yes. Yeah, but it's okay. Listen, we had this conversation. Some things you cut costs on, and some things sure. you're like, okay. no, I need yeah, the best. You know, that's just I. I don't know. That's how our human brains work. I did crowdsource the voice wrestling Slack. For an actual real microphone, did you see that in the? Voice uh, I did, I did. I was, I was very well, encouraged. That's the first time I've ever heard you be uh, uh, on board with potentially getting a uh, a nice uh, microphone, but it ultimately did not happen yet. Yeah. Well, no, I, I can. This was only fifty, so I, this is a stopgap. So if if you if you co-sign the one that was suggested to me, I'll fucking go. Uh, to that Amazon one is good. That one is that that one is on my shopping list, and it's probably going to happen in the, uh, in the in the in the next month or so. So. So you too are that would be an upgrade for you as well. Yes, it will be an upgrade for me as well. So how much is this fucking thing? Because I didn't even look. Oh well, you know. Might have to couple uh, hundred, couple hundred, little hundred, a little bit. uh, We're not talking four figures, are we? Oh no, oh god, no, no. You think I'm paying that for (laughs) get the fuck out of here. I'm not that interested in good sounding audio. Well, well, all you guys are a bunch of you're a bunch of audio perverts, okay? I would do this thing on two cans and a string if I could. I, and, you know, have. But, <laughs> and have. <laughs> you guys are all, you know. And, uh, and I believe so, right now it is $224 at VoicesOfWrestling.com slash Amazon. So we oh, will, that's nothing. All right, when when we that. both upgrade, we will drop the link in there, and then you all can, for your dumb podcast, listen, sound like us too. So. $224, that, okay. Not bad. Uh, that's fine. No, that's that's a no-brainer. All right. I, I vow to you I will purchase that. Congratulations. Now, is that is that going to be an old timey mic with the little holes in it? With the <laughs> we can get you the... one of those if you. Do you want one like that? Well, what is what's it going to be? I don't even know what I'm buying. Uh, it's I don't know. It's just a microphone and it's black and it's got some foam on it. I, I don't know how to describe this thing. It's wait. So a... you don't wear it on your head like the one? I'm no, using no. There. You're gonna have to have it on a stand or on a desk or something like that. So hold on. How do I hear you? Well, th- well, then you got to plug in a head- headphones. I I have headphones plugged into my. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and, see, oh. and this is what I'm saying. This is why we we might just want to find you. A very good quality headset. We need what we need to get you is the the pandemic I'm a, I'm a sports professional guy. Podcaster, by the way, professional podcaster here, by the way. Anyway, yes. <laughs> How do I hear you if I'm on yeah. a microphone? <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> you're, good at, you're good at making the audio. You're not good at at, at producing or or you know generating. The, it's it's what comes out of your mouth. That's that's the important part. That's no interest. Like right. Right. Yeah. That, and that's that's true of most. Like and you and you're. You know, your idols are, you know, Mike and the Mad Dog. I'm sure those guys have no fucking earthly idea how to hook one thing up to another. Like, anytime those guys me? need anything, they sit back in their chair and some guy comes up and goes, and then he goes, oh, are we good? Okay, we're good. All right, then they go. Are you kidding me? During the pandemic, Dog did the show from his house and he had to move his producer in. Yeah, right. That's what I'm saying. Because <laughs> it was so, the idea of just plugging this thing in was too much for him. So he just said, you know what? You need to come, so. Yeah, yeah, what we need to get you is speaking of pandemic. We need to get you. I need. I need to find that the um, whatever everybody well, uh, used. Wait, I need. I need to. I need to move Andrew Rich in. Uh, uh, I mean, I it's not the worst him. idea actually. Um, that'd be. That'd be a great buddy cop. Uh, you know, 
thing with, with you and Andrew. He could stay in the den with the four TVs. He's I was going to say, you have a lot of empty rooms, yeah. so. Um, anyway, what do I need to get? How do I hear you? Okay, but I'm saying I... what we need to maybe look at is is getting you the pandemic uh, sports announcer doing games in their house yeah. headset. Because those are good quality out of those. Not not great quality, but decent quality. We need to get you the like Eduardo Perez and Carl Ravitch doing Korea baseball games. Do you remember, yeah. do you remember how bad it got where yes. they had Eduardo Perez and, and, and Carl Ravitch at 5 a.m. calling, you know, Korean yeah. KBO base and I we were watching it. We were watching it. it. Yeah. I loved it. I was like, hell yeah. I like woke up one day and, my, and the nurse was like, what are you doing? I'm like, KBO's on it's sports and it's happening. It's live and we're doing it. It's like, God, it got real, got real sad. But they had decent, they had decent headsets. Maybe we gotta get you one of those instead. Cause because I can already foresee the idea of you plugging in a microphone and then needing to plug in headphones as being maybe too much to handle. I, I could plug two items in, Rich. I just didn't know how it worked. Like, how, yeah, how, you, you know, have to have, you know, I, I got these little earbuds here that, that plug into the front of my computer and then the, the mic goes into the back. And yeah, you know, you know, when sports teams retire numbers and they put the number up on a wall somewhere in the stadium and they retire a broadcaster, but a broadcaster doesn't have a number. So they have like that, that old timey microphone yes, on the yes. swivel with the holes. Can I get one of those? Like where you have to, you have to hold it. Like remember, remember, uh, remember, uh, when when uh, Ken Anderson, well, I was gonna say, do you want there. do you want the uh, the uh, uh, Howard Finkel with the the rope coming down from the top of MSG yeah. as you go ding yeah. ding ding, <laughs> like that kind of mic where you have to hold it from the back with your hand and like you know, like like is that what you're sending me here? Uh, and then I, yeah. I could we could do that. I mean, there's ones that look like well, that. What, is yours on one of those long sticks? That it's you a, adjust, a boom, like... a boom arm. Yes, mine is on a boom arm. You can hear. So it. am uh, I gonna have that right there? Uh, if you want, you gotta just. I have mine drilled to my desk. It's a little bit, you know, a little bit of construction you have to do, but. Oh, shit. Well, I can't do that. No, no, no. there's um, ways you don't have to make it look like it. it's OK. We're going to make it work. I, this one might come with a stand. This one might come with a stand if we can find you a stand. So I can't be drilling. We got a tripod. We got a tri This one here. One of these options comes with a tripod. So you could just put a tripod in front of your mouth and then the microphone points to your mouth. Can you do that? Or do you want the arm? Do you want the boom arm? <sighs> we'll we'll talk about that. We'll we'll see. All right, all right. This is an off this is an off the air conversation. This is yeah. This has gotten this is, terrible. So this is uh, nobody needs to uh, the listeners don't need to hear this anymore. So um, yeah. Anyway, that's that's why there's no dynamite review, which will be folded into this show. So you're going to get your dynamite review, but we're going to do it here as part of the full gear preview. So you'll get Rich and I reviewing Dynamite on this show. There will be no NFL show this week. But now everything should be back to normal, whether I'm using this $50 gaming headset that uh, many 14-year-olds will be getting for Christmas this year, or whether uh, Rich convinces me to, uh, to, to, to buy something. No, I'll commit to it. I will buy whatever you tell me to buy, and I'm going to tell you why. You want to know why? Because I'm tired of Iron Mike Spears claiming that I sound terrible. I, he's he's that right. Guy is all this over time me. he's right. This, this he is he is absolutely right. This time I will say that he's all over me. Okay, all right. I see these other podcasts because they're all on video now, and they're all wearing gaming headsets. All these geeks. So I'm not the only one. I'm hardly the only one. So, but I will buy whatever you tell me to buy. 
And if that means I have to have two devices plugged in, I can do that. I can handle that. So we'll figure it out. But from what I understand, I sound incredible tonight. That 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 I can tell you because I have been told uh, by many listeners that my voice is just booming across their it's, uh, it's bassy. their devices. Tonight. It's bassy. I'll say that it's 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 a, it's a little sexy. I won't lie. It's it's got a nice well well you know. That's what late night lands. Was... Late night lands all the time. I I would hate to hear what late night lands sounds at this microphone. Oh, the dulcet tones. <laughs> the dulcet tones mic, are going to huh? get real dulcet. So dulcet be tones. Be careful. Yeah. Be careful, ladies yeah. of the world. Yeah, it's going to get uh, it's going to get a little wild here. When, when we're the starting tones sexy, so you know we're starting sexy. So if I'm even sexier now, then it, it this could be dangerous, you know. So uh, we'll see. But maybe I'll just stick with this baby, you know, instead of spending the two twenty five. <laughs> you know, I, I, am, I knew it. <laughs> I, I am spending You're an awful lot squirming. on. You're already squirming out of this. I knew it. <laughs> I'm already spending an awful lot on a refrigerator. I don't need. So you know, maybe we can uh, we can uh, we can get out of it. I just had to buy a dishwasher, you know, not too long ago, and that was a whole thing. So you know, I, I, maybe I need to tighten the belt around here, around the uh, the lands the lands of household. So. Uh, you know, I should have kept the broken headset. I bet I could have sold that to a listener. Absolutely. Yeah. Is it in the garbage or no? Yeah, I could go dig it out. Yeah, though. dig that thing out. Yeah. Uh, yeah, sell that thing. Make some money off this. You know, I get I get offers for my old notebooks with my notes and my star ratings and all that bullshit. Oh, I've I'm gotten sure. off. I've gotten offers for those, so I'm sure that I can uh, uh, sell the headset, which has thousands of hours of audio that have passed through that microphone, right? Classic audio. Yeah, that, that should get you talking yeah. about retired numbers. That should get retired on your wall, maybe. maybe frame yeah, it. one of the ear pads is missing. Like it's, <laughs> it's just... been bad for a long time. There, that is that is that still the same headset that you had to like sit a certain way, and if you didn't sit sit that way, it would like short out and stop working. Or or is that a, did you get a new one after that? No, 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 no. That was a laptop I was using where I had the. Oh, that I was the, the laptop. That's right. Yes, the power cable would if it would power cable so i had to literally hold the laptop together from the bottom and the top during the entire three-hour show with my two hands (laughs) because it it wouldn't the battery wouldn't charge and if the power cord got dislodged i would cut off immediately so i did countless amounts of shows just holding the laptop together with my two hands like a sandwich and no one really knows that that's the dedication and work i put in okay and why I didn't just buy another laptop, I don't know. Then one day I said, why don't I just buy another laptop? And then I did, and then that problem was solved. This was headset number two. I've only had two in the history of the show. I had you know, the first, obviously, and that one, you know, and then, and then there's this most recent one, which I had for many years. Well, yeah, you can take so, that thing out of the garbage for sure. Yeah, you could sell that. If, if yeah. anything, frame it or, or sell it, I think, was, is, is any of the two. Uh, but no, just that should not be in the garbage. That, that shouldn't be in the garbage, yeah. Yeah, all right. Trophy we'll case, maybe a trophy case, get like a nice, you know, light to shine on it, you know, type of thing. And maybe a little plaque uh, to, to, you know, the years that you had this, the hours of audio, the, you know, several stuff. Yeah, no, you got to gotta make the most of that thing. Can't just send it away. But um, yeah, so that's good. That's, that's yeah, we, we um, what are the biggest, lo- I and mean, we have to maybe do this one of these years is sell notebooks. We've always talked about that. Just slapping our logo onto a notebook. It seems so like, ugh, you know yeah. what I mean? We're just slapping yeah. our logo onto a notebook, but every year people are like, you should sell a notebook. I'd buy, we'd probably sell a thousand of those things. An official flagship yeah. notebook. Right. We should yeah. just do it. And I don't want to, cause it's just so hacky, but you know what? Yeah. No, it's a good idea. I mean, we I did coin the term. One of these days, you know. Yeah, coin the term. I mean, we really should do it. 
and just sell the the a literal notebook. Yeah, you know that's that's something we should do. Um, so we've got the uh, AEW full gear stuff, then of course the NWA stuff. But uh, but Rich, you're not going to escape our new weekly bit. I've got the three ringer shows here. Uh, <laughs> I did. There's week. some tragic news to share. And, but, uh, uh, I, I, yeah. Oh, man. I'm glad you're, you're, you got the dulcet tone uh, uh, headset for these uh, unfortunate news that you do have to share uh, about the state of the ringer podcast. So take it away. Yes. Yeah. The uh, we're then then there were two oh, as uh, Mac mania says goodbye. Oh, so uh, Evan Flobo, Jack and Brian. <laughs> no, not Flobo. <laughs> Yeah, Flobo? Are you sure Flobo's done? And who was the other guy? Jack. Jack? Oh, Jack. We know Jack. We don't jump at Jack Farmer, Fleet. right? Jump Jack Fleet. Farmer. I don't flee. Okay. No, um, we know Jack Farmer because Jack Farmer is the guy who <laughs> we had a whole segment about him one time before because uh, he um, he earnestly like replied to and got in a discussion. Uh, with uh, Mongo ebooks, you know, <laughs> I don't know, oh. I don't know what they were arguing about, but we just, I, I always remember the name Jack Farmer. We're like, who the hell is this dork? And yeah, we found out he was just a guy uh, from the I don't know. media podcast. So, yeah, it is in fact it's uh, Evan T Mac, hence okay. the name Mac Mania. Uh, Flobo Boyce, Flobo, okay, and then and Flea, Jack... you, you keep saying Flea, like Flea from the Red Hot Chili Peppers Flea? I didn't say Flea. I don't yes, know what you, you said. <laughs> you said no, flea. I didn't. And I said Jack and Jack Farmer and Brian. And they Everybody reflect... heard Flea. Everybody heard Flea. There's, the note of said... chat room is blowing up with Flea. Discussion. I said, no, no, it's because you always cut me off. I said they reflect briefly. <laughs> no. Briefly. And then you cut me off because I was saying, now, now be quiet and don't talk for a I'm second. Done, I'm done. Okay. I'm done. Here's why they heard Flea. Are you ready? Because you steamrolled me. Here's why they heard it. Evan, Flobo, Jack, and Brian refre- reflect briefly. Then you cut me off. Hence, the end of briefly is Flea on the final episode of the Mac Mania podcast. So that's why people heard Flea. There's no man named Flea. There's no, there's no, man, there's no human man named Flea. It's the back end of the word briefly. Got it? Got it. Well, there is a man named right. Flea, but not the one you're thinking of. No, no, not on this show. No, there's no flea on the show. On there's Mac no Mania or this show that you're listening to right now. Right. So, uh, yeah, so there's no uh, – that's it for Mac Mania. They'll no longer be part of this segment. Uh, their entire 24-minute show is their uh, goodbye to, uh, to, to wrestling podcasting. So then there were two on the uh, Ringer pod wrestling show network gimmick. Uh, are you ready? Who do you want? Do you want – well, the so, now, man. now, real quick, did you listen to the Mac Mania? Uh, what's the what's the deets? What why why are we departing? You know, when when Paul Levesque's new and improved WWE is just firing all cylinders. Why why now? Why why now for the end of Mac Mania? Rich, I didn't listen. Oh, why would sense. I listen? There, that's that's one another one bites the dust. You know, if we weren't already ahead of them, we'd be one spot higher on the download chart. So, you know, RIP to Mac mania then, um, right. One less show to break down Nikki Cross's return, unfortunately. So correct. So would you like the topics from the masked man show this week? Sure. Or would you like the topics from dopey Pete's cheap heat? Who would you like to start with? Let's start with the masked man and then we'll go to dopey Pete. I think dopey Pete's a good way to conclude the segment every week. So keep in mind, this is full gear week. 
And when is the Survivor Series, Rich? When uh, is Survivor that is Series week, War Games, I believe, is the week after. But let me uh, confirm right. the exact date for Survivor Series War Games. Uh, that's on November 26th. So, yes, yeah. it would be next weekend. All right. So, topic number one. The lead... <laughs> Nonetheless, I'm sure the topic is. Go ahead. The lead topic on the Masked Man show. Dave and Kaz are back to dive into the build-up to... Survivor Series War Game matches. All right. That is the lead topic. So they're just skipping the full gear, which is this weekend, and they're going right to the Survivor Series, which is next weekend. That's their lead topic. Uh, topic number two. Austin Theory's bounce back this week on Raw is topic number two. And then topic number three. Later, the guys give their full gear predictions including John Moxley versus MJF. So if you're keeping track of this, uh, Full Gear, which is in fact in two days, and this show was released today, Thursday, is the number three topic on the Masked Man show behind the Survivor Series build, which is not for another week and a half, and uh, Austin Theory's bounce back on Raw. Just to show you how the other half lives, Rich, that's the priorities this week on the Masked Man show. Austin Theory's... Yeah, his his rebound. Okay, all right, all right, that's fine. Yeah, he makes angry faces and and rebounds. Okay, all right, fair enough. All right, we're moving on to Cheap Heat with Dopey Pete. Uh, topic number one. Well, I'm not going to count topic number one. It appears to be the type of banter we do. So should I count this or no? Oh, I. So they're bantering. I'm not going to count this as their lead wrestling topic, but I'll give you the banter topic. Right, because I would wonder if somebody was talking about our show, if they'd be like, yeah, he talked about old baseball as the first topic on the week of full gear. Because we do that all the time. We laugh about it halfway through the segment. We're like, oh, my God, WrestleMania is in two days, and we're talking about, you know, like 1972, you know, uh, New York. Yeah. Yan- so, um, no, Here let's not count that as his top wrestling topic. But 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 do tell me what the topic was. They open up with the ultimate cheap heat garment, garment, whatever that means. Garment. So, like again, I have not listened. So, like handkerchief, pro- like the ultimate. Well, what? it must be some kind of piece of clothing. It, I, you probably have to be a listener to understand so, to the whatever. Okay, that's fair, right? It's probably just some bit that they do. Anyway, ultimate their top, their lead, okay. their lead wrestling topic is MJF's upcoming movie role. And maybe he joins the show to talk about it. So they landed MJF this week. So that's their lead topic, which uh, uh, seems fair. You know, if you land MJF, you probably want to lead off the show with uh, MJF, right? So okay, yeah, yeah. No, that's good. That's that's fair. So I think he's in the Von Erich movie or something. So uh, he is. He yeah, he just got announced as, as a member of the Von Erich movie, which which has has made me and and one of my coworkers very upset with the casting of the Von Erich movie. But we can we can get into that another day if we want. Topic number two. The New Day and Usos appearance on SmackDown. <laughs> Do they actually appear on SmackDown? I don't. I don't know. Is that, no. Are you doing a bit to me? Is it? I'm supposed. To, am I supposed to decide if this is true or false? They did. I don't know that. Okay. Well, All right. Cool. Great. Awesome. I don't watch. I don't watch the Levesque programming anymore because it ran me off. But if anyone in the chat knows the significance of that, I'm curious to know why that would be a big deal. Okay. Yeah. Um. Topic number three is the puzzle pieces coming together for. Oh, God, is it Austin Theory? Oh, for war games. 
<laughs> puzzle pieces. The puzzle th- pieces to coming together for war games. Okay. You thought maybe Full Gear, since it's in two days. And you have MGF on, on the, on the show. show. Yeah, yeah. But no, they also are just extremely excited about champing at the bit to talk about war games we had just four matches announced at this time well actually sorry three matches announced i'm not counting tbd versus tbd as a match announced that uh uh that wikipedia has men's war games match tbd tbd it's in a week uh take your time guys no problem uh and then we have the women's war games matches belair bliss asuka mia yim and tbd versus damage control nikki cross and rhea ripley okay we have Ronda Rousey versus Shotzi, and AJ Styles versus Finn Balor is your puzzle pieces that have been put together for Survivor Series War Games. Okay. Well, we're gonna have a rousing preview of that show. Oh next yeah. Week. Oh, you want you're gonna want to be here next week. We we are gonna talk you into the building of whatever building it is that they're going into because we yeah we will have a tremendous preview that will outshine all of these. Uh, well, not Mac Mania because they didn't do a preview, but Dopey Pete's no. Cheap Heat and uh, the Mass Man podcast. Mac Mania threw in the towel, but. Um... Yeah, where you listen, the, you know, we're going to break it down from all angles. The uh, the 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 Survivor Series. What this unfortunately means is I have to crash watch all of these Raws and SmackDowns. I really don't. Listen, Rich, I'm a hard worker. I've got to do it. I've got to be on top. I can't come on here and just uh, try to fake my way through it, right? The listeners will see right through that. So I have to watch all of these Raws and SmackDowns that I've been blowing off. Now, am I going to watch every second of them? No. Will, will there be liberal use of the fast forward button? Absolutely. But uh, now nah, I gotta watch the go homes, right? Oh, gotta watch absolutely! The I always do that. Yeah, I, I always at least try to do that if I can. Yeah. So I don't. I'm I don't just... know if I'm crash watching. You know, the three week ago raw. That that's a bridge too far for me. But I'll watch the I gotta show. do I'll it. You know. Well, NXT... you can do that. You can do that. I'll, I'll do the go home show. The NXT level ups, the main events. I just <laughs> you I gotta. You definitely don't have to do the NXT level ups. That's your own option. That that you choose to do that. You do not have to do that to preview this three match. Survivor Series War Games uh, event. You do not have to do that. Got to support the team. Got it. You got it. You got that it. team. You, know? <laughs> to, you don't have. You do not have to support that team at all. Got to support the team. I, you know, I got to catch up. So that means watching all of the programming. Maybe mix in a, a. Uh, I blew it. What's their? What's the show on the network? The Bump. Maybe mix uh, in a WWE's the Bump. the Bump. Yeah. WWE's the Caleb Bump. Braxton and those. the other guy and the other guy. Yeah. WWE's Gregory the bump. Parks. No, he got fired. Who's the no, guy? He... No, I don't know those other dudes. Yeah, there's Matt. There's... Oh, Matt Camp. That's <laughs> yeah, your boy Matt Camp yeah. from NXT Level Up. Yeah, he was a level up for a little while. And... and then there's another guy, and I, I don't know if I ever knew that guy's name, so I'm just gonna call him the other guy. So isn't he on the Masked Man show, the other guy, or something? Or no, maybe not. Um, <laughs> you are asking the wrong guy. It's not uh, our universe. Well, I've seen many a tweets and many of uh, uh, of of attempts to get me to watch WWE's The Bump. I have never once consumed a minute of WWE's The Bump, so I can't. I hear it. it's good. Yeah, I hear it's I'm good. sure. Okay, <laughs> I've been told. Well, you know what? Watch it then this week and let me know. I've I will not do that. Okay. I have never watched it and I will never watch it. But I am told it's very good. If you're into that sort of thing, um. I am not, <laughs> so I will not be watching WWE's The Bump. It's laid back, Rich. They oh, hang it's, out. they're on couches. They're just talking shop. Yeah, it's they're just talking sports. They're some talking Italian-looking guy and Caleb Braxton just talking, talking wrestling. Just no, they're chatting up the sports entertainment, Rich. Not <laughs> oh, the wrestling. They, would, they, would they, they can't talk wrestling. They're talking sports entertainment. They're talking sports entertainers. They're talking about all the superstars. superstars. Yeah, superstars, premium live events. Championship you know, opportunities. I was watching, uh, 
You know, I was watching uh, the Nick Aldis interview with Justin Roberts on the uh, Justin Roberts uh, wrestling gimmick, whatever he calls that show. I think he calls it the Justin Roberts wrestling gimmick. Uh, don't look it up. Um, and it just infuriated me because Roberts was like, and I have nothing against Justin Roberts. I know a lot of people hate him. I, I have nothing against Justin Roberts. He, he, he like opened up the interview with, uh, you know, Nick, you, uh, you're the superstar most closely associated with the NWA. And I'm like, just cringing. Why are you using that word? You don't have to use that word when you're not on their dopey pre-show panel, when they're not paying you to be there, when you don't have their producers in your ear. It's the indoctrination and it drives me nuts. It's It, it, it bothers me just as much as when people call three-way matches triple threats and four-way matches fatal four-ways. Uh, when these are matches outside of WWE. It's not a fucking triple threat. It's a three-way match. It's not a fucking fatal four-way unless it's happening in that company. It's a four-way match. And they're not and Nick Aldis is not a superstar. The man's just a wrestler. It drove me nuts. Does that not bother you? Because you, you're not bothered by the triple threat fatal four-way. It doesn't thing. bother me as much as and it happened numerous times during this hard time show and drew me up a wall is tag and Matt oh. uh, Joe Galley does tag every time you don't have to do that Joe Joe you're yeah. also not in that company <laughs> like that company makes you Vince McMahon made yeah. people do it but everybody does it every announcer that's ever run through there does it and then when they leave there a lot of them still do it Galley was doing it all throughout NWA hard times midway through you know a match Velvet Sky would be you know just droning on about some nonsense you go tag we got it. We're watching. I got it. I know that they tagged. Thank you. Yeah, and that's clearly just ripping off what WWE does because nobody else does that. No, no, no. It's 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 distracting. Actually, it it doesn't need to be there. It interrupts your partners number one and breaks their flow. And you know we're watching. This isn't a radio call, <laughs> right? I got it. I'm I'm looking at the the people that you were describing on the television tagging. I I got it. Thank you. Yeah, I, I could kind of see the logic behind emphasize every pinfall attempt because if you're doing a simulated sport oh it, it could are... end at any point yeah no I, right. I, I there's a lot of people that got upset about that and or do get upset about that i've never cared like i i think and it sucks sometimes like you know michael cole will have to like steamroll someone and go oh my god oh, this could be at one two yeah. no you know and it's like a lot but you yeah. have to you, you do have to do that like I, I i agree that if you're doing a simulated sport you cannot just continue on a conversation while a man may win this match at any you know what i mean like yes it was only an arm drag and no it probably is not going to end the match but you still have to you know for, for that 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 you know to make it feel like it's a real sport so like a simulated sport like you said you do have to call that so i am fine with those but yeah tag i don't need i don't need tom face fuck tom or whatever going tag every time on impact uh, as the swing points out there does he uh, does he still do it he does it all the time he is so bad with it yeah he he it, it it's made it makes things unwatchable. It's one of those things that, like, if you don't notice, you don't notice. But the second you do notice, you're never going to not notice, and it just ruins it for you. And, and I, I didn't, I didn't notice Galley doing it. He has no excuse. Facefuck Phillips worked there for a decade. It's probably habit yes. for him. Yeah, I kind of understand it, and or it might be one of those things where he thinks it's good to do. So he's just like, oh, I learned that. I think it's good to do. I'm going to keep doing it. But at worst, it's a habit. Galley, there's no excuse. Like he's doing that on purpose because he he's either being told to do it, but whoever's telling him to do it also got it from the other company. Yeah, it's they just think that that's what you do. That yeah. that's what you're supposed to do, right? right. 
So um, I, I didn't, I, I'll be honest though. I didn't pick up on that and didn't even notice he was doing it, but um, yeah, that's, that's not good. Uh, how do we even get here? I don't even know. Oh, you were reviewing. Okay. Any, anything else on Dopey Pete's uh, Cheap Heat? No, those are his uh, three topics. I Maybe they do full gear during the MJF interview. I don't know. I would assume they do. I'm I sure MJF certainly hope they, <laughs> they would. So not much on... Plugging away. So if you are a uh, a Ringer podcast subscriber and a Voices of Wrestling podcast network subscriber, you are going to get uh, infinitely more uh, full gear coverage on, on, on the flagship and our entire podcast network than you did from the Ringer podcast network, it seems. Yeah, I mean, you, if, if full gear is basically a footnote. I, 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 you know, I, I, I honestly, I thought the masked man might lead off with it. I really did. Um, you know, I know they review the pay-per-views and whatnot. Don't be Pete. Sometimes, you know, he just completely ignores. His whole deal is like he's above wrestling, even WWE. Right, right, right. So right. Like the he, very idea that he's got to talk about wrestling is beneath him. So he, he right. it's all just a big, giant joke to him, so. Right, so yeah, it, yeah, for great, him great to show. dig in, <laughs> great, great person. He he won't even watch NXT half the time. He can't be bothered to watch SmackDown. He's like your typical guy who I watch Raw and I watch WrestleMania, you know, and I'm too cool for the rest. Like that's his whole kind of aura that he has around him. But I thought that the Masked Man show would uh, would devote a lot. Do I did I expect any of these shows to do NWA Hard Times? No, I did not. Do I expect any of these shows to do uh, New Japan pay-per-views? No, I do not. Do I expect any of these shows to break down Scott Too Hot Taylor refusing to do intergender matches on the indies? No, I do not expect any of them to uh, to do topics such as those. Full gear, though, I, I, I'm a little disappointed that the masked man had it as topic number three. I really do. Well, now, if Survivor Series was this week as well, I'd understand because they prioritize <laughs> they the week, WWE. Yeah, they do have a week. But they have a, there's a whole week in between. Like, you don't have to do... Like Survivor Series should be the one on the back burner because you can do your whole show on Survivor Series next week, right? I mean, are you earnestly surprised by this? Or are you like genuinely surprised by this or no? Not by Dopey Pete, but I'm a, I'm a little surprised by Masked Man Show. Yeah, I am. I'm okay. a little surprised. Uh, I, did, I, I did, did. Oh, sorry. Did the uh, uh, 1997 uh, Attitude Era War, uh, Monday Night Wars recap, uh, did they do a show this week too? Or are they, are they monthly at this point? Okay, so here's the thing. Here's the thing. On the Ringer Wrestling Show podcast feed, it contains the Mass Man Show, Cheap Heat, and Rest in Peace Mac Mania. But for some reason, his history podcast isn't on that feed and has its own devoted feed. So I don't know. Got it. All right. I can look it up if you want, if you really want to know. Uh, I don't. Yeah, I don't care the, that much, to be honest. So. The Masked Man. <laughs> sure. Keep going. Um. No, well, that didn't pull it up. What's uh, the did name you know of that? that uh, Strictly Business with uh, Eric Bischoff is now on the 83 Weeks uh, feed. So you don't, you, you no longer, Joe, have to subscribe to ad-free shows and 83 Weeks. You're going to be able to get Strictly Business uh, on your 83 Weeks uh, feed now, too. So Oh, well, I will keep not listening to anything Eric Bischoff does. How's that sound? That's one way. I'm just telling you, if you if you want to if you want to not listen to it, uh, you only have to not listen to one feed now, which is good. Um, did he split from the Conrad verse? Uh, I don't think so because I think 83 weeks is still in the Conrad verse. I, I don't know what's happening, but apparently it's not driving the numbers behind the, the old paywall, so they're moving it. I don't know. Wait, is it? The, no, no, no. I think the show with Alba is off that feed. That, no, no, no. So <laughs> I hate that I know this. That was on adfreeshows.com, which is their premium stuff. Right. Like what we do at flagshippatreon.com. Uh, that strictly business is now off of adfree shows and onto 83 weeks. That feed. 
You okay. got it. So so every week when when Eric Bischoff has to talk about you know like the November fifteenth, nineteen ninety five Nitro or whatever, uh, when, right. when you listen to that episode, then later in the week, Strictly Business will appear on that same podcast feed. Mm. Yeah. Well, now that we have all that sorted out, I'll keep not listening to anything Eric Bischoff ever does. How's that sound? <laughs> Sounds great. Um, the Book of Wrestling, Rich, which is the Masked Man's uh, history podcast, based off if of Bill Simmons' highly... Is, if the history is just the Attitude Era, I guess. Based off Bill Simmons' highly popular book, which evolved into a podcast, the Book of Theme has established a brand that is known to fans. This theme focuses on the history of the sport and people who have defined it. The Attitude Era is one of the most celebrated in WWE history, and the catchphrases that help define it live in the memory of every fan. This show looks to tell the stories behind those words and sounds that propel wrestling to new heights. Each episode will focus on one catchphrase with David Schumacher serving as the host. It's a history podcast about catchphrases from the Attitude Era. All right, cool. <laughs> I will uh, continue to not listen to that one, Joe. So, sorry. All right. There we go. So there's well, podcasts that we don't listen to. A great segment here on the show. Yes. We read descriptions to podcasts we don't listen to and promote other shows on our show. Just, I can't imagine anyone listen that that's that's an ardent like flagship listener is moving over to Dopey Pete's cheap heat. But maybe maybe you are. And if so, I, you never know. We might have some crossover listeners. There's people that consume a lot of podcasts. That's true. Truck drivers, uh, people just stuck in an <laughs> office. Of that nature. <laughs> Truck drivers, crab rangoon. <laughs> yeah. 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 In between picking up lot lizards, they, they're they <laughs> listening to <laughs> Cheap Heat and the Voice of Wrestling flagship podcast. Um, oh, you know. <laughs> That's a, such a great term. Oh, That's my tremendous God. Term. It's a great term. Yeah, I grew up in the... Uh, um, because my dad worked in the trucking business for, for many, many years. So my grandpa was a driver, and my dad ended up being like a dispatcher and a oh, doing logistics. Grandpa, and Cr- like. grandpa Creech knows all about the lot lizards. Well, Grandpa Creech died before I was born so because uh, he was grossly unhealthy because he drove a truck for a living. So he died of a heart attack when he was in his 50s. So uh, anyway, so he uh, never met him, unfortunately. He's the wrestling fan of the family, too, which sucks because that would have been awesome to yeah. talk uh, talk graps with him. So yeah, a deeply unhealthy man that died in his 50s. He was a wrestling fan, of course, so. That's why I try to stay a little healthy because I have a lot of the other aspects of his life. <laughs> so I want to at least stay, if I could, relatively healthy. Anyway, um, so when either I wasn't able to get a babysitter or school was off or whatever, this was the 90s and things were a little bit different in the 90s. So what did they do? my parents do? My dad took me to work <laughs> at <the laughs> whatever you know trucking company he was working for, and I just drove around with random truckers all day. You know what I mean? Like just wow. drove aimlessly. It's the one time the guy let me drive for a minute. That is awful. I hate to admit that that ever happened, but I was like nine years old. And he's like, "Ah, you're not gonna do anything." <laughs> I was like, "All right." <laughs> like I'm not. Who's gonna say no to that when you're ten or nine or ten? You're gonna say no to oh, driving a truck on a straight line? Like, of course you're gonna say yeah. My father used to plop me on his lap. To just take the wheel of the of the nineteen seventy eight Buick Regal uh, that, that my family right. had all times the time. Times were different. I times mean, were different, man. Times were different. And I a became a. Belt. I think I'm a great driver now. So I, I would like to say that getting my beginnings when I was you know doing doing eighteen wheelers when you're nine years old. That, that'll you know these sedans. There's a, sedans an easy drive now. It, it, no problem with my my late model German SUV. Not a problem at all. Yeah, Rich, a seatbelt. What's a seatbelt? <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> 
I, I never wore a seatbelt till I was a driver. My, my father didn't make me wear it. Just the different times, you know? Uh, I remember one time he had – my, my brothers couldn't have been older than toddlers, maybe kindergarten age or younger. And I'm a little older than them, so I was maybe 9 or 10. And we're on Route 27 in Edison, New Jersey, and my father and, you know, whatever beater that we had at the time, you know, let's just stick with the 78 Buick Regal. He said, hey, you want to do a hundred? You want to you see what it feels like to do a hundred? And of course, we're like, hell yeah, we do. <laughs> none of us, yes. <laughs> none of us strapped into the seats. We're all like standing up, hooting and hollering as he's flooring this pathetic vehicle that's just chugging desperately to get to the three digits. And uh, that's just the kind of shit that people did back then. So I'm not shocked at all that, uh, you know, Large Marge stuck you in her lap and said, you're at the wheel, young Craich of six years old. Let's haul this baby to Oklahoma. That doesn't shock me <laughs> right, one bit. up a cigarette, probably. Hey, I want to yeah. light this, so why don't you take the wheel for a couple minutes? Yeah, sure. Right. Sounds good. Uh, well, then, yeah, I also, when I was nine or ten years old, learned what the uh, term lot lizard was and, and came home once and told my mom I learned what lot lizards were. And then... Mm. And you would think again, again, it was the 90s, so it's not like my mom was like, well, that that's the end of that. You were never going back to that. <laughs> Try- mm-hmm. No, it was just like, Rich, tell, tell the kids not to tell them who lot lizards are. <laughs> and then I just, you know, he's like, all right, all right, all right, all right. Next yeah. time he brought me in, he's like, guys, come on, he's dying. And they're like, all right, whatever. And then, you know, yeah. they just went back to doing whatever they were going to do anyway. So well, it, it made yeah. you, it, it, trust me, I, I grew up a lot in those. I, I didn't go there often, but uh, I aged years uh, going there and, and, and hanging out. One time I, I just answered the phones for a whole day, and I'm like, this is like a legit company, and they have me answering the phones. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. My dad's like, ah, we're kind of busy. You want to answer the phones? I'm like, yeah, I do. And he was like, great. No, we don't want to do it. And I'm just answering the phones for like eight hours. And I thought it was great. I thought it was the best thing in the world. Oh, I get to answer the phones and, you know, you know, send send. You know, you know, forward a, a call to this guy. I thought it was the greatest thing in the world. They were getting free labor out of me, you know? Jeez. Uh, you don't get all commie on me now. <laughs> what did I get paid? I got, probably um, got paid in, you know, Burger King. You know, two two for five Whopper on the way home or something like that. It's not, if not you were one of those kind of people, you'd make a Twitter thread, like, totally in earnest, complaining about the free labor that you provided. <laughs> <My> dad, for <laughs> I was exploited yeah. for, for free labor as a child, yeah. Right. You would totally, you know, complain about that in hindsight, you know? Um However, this is a wrestling podcast, it is. believe it or not. It is, it is. Do we have any ads this week? Uh, no, well, no, 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 no official we- ads this week, but uh, we're going to let you know all about voiceofwrestling.com slash Patreon, though, later. We'll, we'll do that for sure. No, no, no straight ads, though. No HelloFresh this week. Next week, they're, they're firing up back uh, next week and a few more weeks uh, throughout this year. So HelloFresh coming back next week. Good thing we discussed that beforehand when we formatted this very serious and professional uh, wrestling <laughs> of course. podcast. Um you want to start with the dynamite, Rich? Is that where you want Let's to go? Let's do that. Yeah. We'll... So you said that there, you did not do a Thursday dynamite review, obviously, because your microphone was screwed up. You were in traffic. The day was a, a, a disaster. So yeah, we're gonna do it right here. Let's do it. Thursday dynamite review on the flagship. I watched dynamite. You watched dynamite. You took, I hope, copious notes because I didn't. I'm just, I'm just the guy that's gonna talk about stuff. So I hope you took the notes. Uh, and yeah, I'm ready. Let's I always, I always have the notes. I'm just making sure because I didn't. I don't take shit, man. It, it, all the notes are up here. Well, Take the notes. notes oh, well, excuse me. I, you know, yeah, I don't have the steel trap. <laughs> well, when I do, when I fill in for you on the Thursday Dynamite reviews, I don't know how many notes you have. I have so many. I have like pages of notes. And I'm typing all this. I'm like, why do I have so many notes? I don't just kind of write a little bit of a paragraph, write a little bit of this, write a little. But I, I go nuts with, you know, anyway, go on. 
Do you do the Dave Meltzer? And then he hit a lariat, and then he did. That, a, I'm writing it. I'm, I'm drop, thinking, why then, am I writing this? Nobody, nobody would want to hear this anyway. Even if no. I was reading what I was writing, it's like right. then Air Fox did this, and then Air Fox, and I'm like, what am I doing this for? <laughs> like, why am I writing yeah. these? Nobody wants to listen to this. No, I usually average about three qu- three quarters of a of a notebook page for each dynamite. I don't know if that's a lot, that's a fair. little. No, that that's probably a little, but that's probably where you should be actually. Probably about three quarters of a page. Every now and then, I'll use the whole page, um, but it's just little. Like no one else would be able to read what I'm writing. It's all shorthand and things that I understand that nobody else would. Um, you know, because I'm not even looking. I'm looking at the screen while I'm jotting this shit down. Um, and then I, you know, I have the matches and I have, I have the winner circled. I have the person who took the fall and the tag with the. Nobody cares. Let's review. Dynamite. Well, JJ Walker. Do you want me to go with the JJ Walker or do you want to go light it up like dynamite? Oh, um, I prefer the I Walker. You, I prefer the I, Walker version. If possible. I guess you got both anyway. So I did get both anyway, get... but I, I prefer the Walker version. Okay, so all right. dynamite. Do you like the good times, Rich? I love the good times. Yeah, great show. Um, took place in my backyard. It did. Not far from Halstead Street, actually. There you go. Can you see the housing project that was it was based well, on? Well, uh, can't see it anymore. They have knocked down the Cabrini Green homes, but uh, saw them for many years. Yeah, that was uh, not a great place. They 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 made the most out of it. I'll tell you that the, the good they, they made the most out of it. Oh. But yeah, Cabrini Green had some uh, had some some rough. Well, projects. Rich, that was the point of the show. Just the uh, hard exactly. working family getting by. Yep, you know what I'm saying. So. Um, I later played softball on a field that was near there with a bunch of people that weren't from Chicago. And I had to explain to them, hey, this was once, the, you, know, you know, good times. And they all looked at me like I was, you know, because it, it was like me playing softball with a bunch of, you know, 24-year-olds that were from out of state. They had no earthly idea what good times was. They didn't know what was. good times was? They did not know what good times was. Yeah, it was, it was very disappointing. Now, I was also like 25, 26. It's, I'm acting like I was 35 and they were 24. I was also 24, 25, but I wasn't an idiot and I knew what fucking good times was, so. I don't think that's an excuse. I think it's a culturally relevant show. That, I agree. That, that, I jo, preaching the choir, Joe. I was like, you guys don't know what good times is. It's like, you know, do you know what Cabrini Green is? And they're like, no. I'm like, well, good times. Oh, okay. You know, really good times? You don't know Dynamite? And no? All right. All right. That's fine. I mean, the, the, the guy still takes on gigs like TV yeah, commercials. all the time. He's on the, he, he sells me insurance or something now. What is yeah. he selling? I, I see he's always on NBA TV because NBA TV gets the worst yeah, worst possible ads, and and I I often get a a JJ Walker. I think he's trying to sell me some sort of life insurance or something like that. Probably so. probably reverse mortgages or something. <laughs> I don't something know. Something awful that I don't really want to get. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's desperately trying to cover his nut too. Give the guy a break. Uh, benefits helpline. I don't know what benefit. It's Medicare helpline. All right. So- Something to talk old people out of their money, is basically. <laughs> right, which is not the thing. NBA TV has all just like old people ads, and I'm like, what? Yeah, how many old people are watching you know NBA TV yet? Like, I don't know. It, it's very bizarre. But anyway, go on. A lot of Copperfit, a lot of Brett Favre, a lot of you know, lot of well, not, not much Brett Favre anymore. I should say, used yeah. to be a lot of Brett Favre, a lot less Brett Favre these days on the uh, on the Copperfit have, TV ads. So, have you ever seen Copperfit socks in the wild? I've uh, never. No, seen I did see a Copperfit arm sleeve in the wild though. Wow. Like that I was playing the basketball guy... the other day and I was like, whoa, Copperfit. He's like, yeah. And I was like, does it work? And he's like, I don't know. He's like, all right, sounds good. You know, how are those gold coils working for you? And he's like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I, they, they present them as like, there's like literally gold in the, you're like, whoa. And they're, you know, like, you see the technology. Like $25 at Walgreens. You're like, ah, all right. I mean, 
Yeah. They have gold coils and they zoom in on the coils and they're like, rrr, 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 rrr. they're like tightening up and you're like, whoa. Yes. <laughs> wow. Those are pretty tight coils. I don't know. This looks pretty good. The bus driver who says he could dance now in the <laughs> right. commercial. I don't know. Jerry Rice yeah. is lighting these assholes up on the football field. So I don't know. Yeah. This, this might be. Which, he, which, which the greatest receiver of all time wouldn't be able to do without Copperfit socks. <laughs> without Copperfit. Yes. That's the, that's the difference, you know? Um, yeah. I don't know. And then, then like, it's such bullshit. Cause then it's like, a 28 year old girl, you know, putting them on before she puts on her rollerblades, which number one, 28 year old women aren't wearing copper fit socks. Okay. That's number one. Number two, nobody rollerblades anymore. That's the other thing. So it's just, you know, that takes, that's, you can't suspend your disbelief for that. Like the middle-aged bus driver who says he can dance all night. Now I can buy that. Like that is the kind of guy who's going to pick up the phone and order the copper fit socks, not go on the internet, by the way, pick up the phone in order to copper fit socks. <laughs> but that woman, that young woman, okay, first of all, she's not really rollerblading. Second of all, she's way too young. She's not, I don't buy it. That destroys my suspension of disbelief right there with that copper fit commercial. I just can't buy it. Then there's the guy who, <laughs> this is my favorite guy. He takes off his shoes on the airplane and he's wearing his copper fit oh, socks. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Which is first yeah. off gross. Please don't do that. Yeah, shoes off airplane guy? Come on. With your copper fit socks? You know, so the, the nurse is a, uh, a shoes off airplane person. And I did not notice that until wow. it was too late. Unfortunately, we got into a plane. You got to disavow. This I, is what you need to do. It was tough because, yeah, we got into, we got on a plane once. And this is we were already pretty deep into the relationship or whatever. And she was wearing sandals. She just went pop, pop. You know what I mean? Like the, the, that exact. You know what she's doing? She lifts the one leg up. Yeah. Uses that to, you know, use the other leg to plop. And I'm like, what are you doing? You can't do that. <laughs> she's like, yeah, I can't. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, oh, no, you can't do that. But uh, it's, yeah. I guess it's all right. Uh, you know, I've worn a flip flop on planes. I have done that. I've done the flip flop. OK, yeah, I've never gone. Where, that where do you stand on that? I don't love it. That's either. the same as taking the shoes off. It's pretty close. Yeah, you got to have like a lot of faith that you have good smelling feet. You know what I mean? Like, because I, I don't I, and I know I don't have good smelling feet, so I wouldn't even do the the flip flop, the sandal. I, I just I, I couldn't do that to people. So. Um, I don't know. Do yeah, you have faith in your in your foot odor? Yeah, or... I've never I've never had foot odor. Okay, but um, my feet are are decent looking too. I don't have like those fucking elf toes or whatever. Yeah, I got really hideous looking feet too. So nobody needs to see. Yeah, that. I can understand. But um, I do. I I have done the flip flop on the plane. I have done that. I'm not gonna lie. Um, it's just the ease of getting through the airport. Really, is the key there. It's comfortable. No. It's easy. Yeah, when, when you had to take your shoes off, it's a little bit easier to do it. I get it. Yeah. I never understand people who go through the airport security with like work boots, these shoes that look difficult to take off. Don't you know you're going to airport security? Why would you wear the most difficult shoe you own to remove and then put back on? That has never made sense to me. Like at, at, at maximum, you should have something you could just push off with, with, with the, from the heel of the shoe from the, with the front of your other shoe, right? Like, or, or like the ease of getting them on and off is key, right? I would think so. Yeah, I would say some sort of. Yeah, maybe. I get that. Yeah, something that's easy to to to, to take on and off. I still think you need to have the socks. Like barefoot at the airport is weird in the first place. See, when I was traveling for business, I'd always have the slip-on loafer too. And that I have no issue with the slip-on loafer. I think that's probably the the play. I think that's that's to me is the best play. Right. So if I knew I'm hopping on a plane and I'm checking into my hotel and I'm going right to a meeting or something. Right. And there's not a lot of time that I would have the slip, the slip on loafers key for the airport, you know, on and off very quickly. 
but if I'm just flying casual and I know, you know, I, I'm I'm having a, a, a lightly tied sneaker that I can just get off with my feet and slip right on. Or that's what I usually go with. I have a very, very uh, basic, you know, shoes that I'll just, yeah, I know that I can pop off on and off in 10 seconds and they're fine. And for God's sake, if you know you're wearing a shoe that requires socks, pick the best pair out of your drawer. These people who you just, they have the worst socks. socks. People, people, sock culture in general, people have some real bad socks. Horrific socks. And it, it annoys horrifying. me too. It, it, it very much annoys me because I, I, you I have only the best in socks. You know, they're going to be seen. Look, we all have a couple grungy pair of socks that we probably should just throw out, right? Those aren't the ones you need to be wearing to the airport. And 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 the people who just freely mismatch them, you're being seen. Oh, that's 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 manic. Yeah, you're What's manic. wrong with you? You can't have a, a baby blue sock. And you can't have a baby blue fucking ankle sock and then the crew the white crew sock that goes no. Handle yourself. You're going to be seen in public. It's bad enough for you to do that on your own in your home. For God's sake, it drives me nuts. Have some pride. Have some pride. Anyway, dynamite, Rich. Let's do it. Dynamite. Um, we open up. A lot of foot talk here. We should do well. We should do well. We should put this whole podcast on, uh, on, on, on I, YouTube. I, I got feet? sock issues. My wife's aware of this. I made her change out all her socks. It's just I have socks. <laughs> Socks bother me. I just uh, I, the nurses is, is a very frequent uh, mismatched sock person, and, and I think it's chaos, and I don't support it at all. Just no. chaotic. She's like, ah, oh, these two are close enough. I'm like, they're not. They're not. No, no, they're not. They're the not even the same brand. I can tell they're different. Yeah, <laughs> like, no. That's the worst when you can tell it's two different brands. Yeah, I'm like, no, that one's taller than that one. You can't do this. It's chaos. You can't. She's like, I'm wearing jeans. <laughs> it doesn't matter. I'm like, no, it's chaos. Please, it's chaos, and I know that you have two different socks on. <laughs> right. And that's going to bother me when we go out to do whatever it is we're going to do, you know, and like, even if it's two white socks, but the patterns are different, you, you can know, tell us you different know. brands, you know, and all these socks have logos on them now. So you have one with a fucking Puma logo and the other with an Adidas logo. You just look slovenly again. Take care of yourself. For God's sake. <laughs> have some pride. Come have on. some pride. Um, Claudio Castagnoli. And Brian Danielson took on Chris Jericho and Sammy Guevara to open the show. Uh, this match went on from entrances to uh, to to the end of all of the post match stuff till eight twenty three. So the first twenty three minutes of the show were this match, which that's you know they want to try to give you the long match to hold the viewers through one full quarter hour, and then halfway through that uh, that second quarter hour, that's the idea here. Um, Claudio and Danielson win it. I thought, look, I don't like this feud. I don't like the four-way at the pay-per-view. I think it's very much a WWE-style match at the pay-per-view where both, you know, Castagnoli and, and, and Danielson aren't really getting along. And then Jericho is telling Guevara he wants him to lay down for him. But Guevara, we weren't quite sure if he's going to go along with that. This is too much. This is too much WWE style storytelling for me. And I was afraid in this match we were going to get a lot of partners that aren't getting along kind of bullshit. But we didn't get that. We just got a good match. And Castagnoli wins it with the Scorpion Deathlock while he's holding Floyd the Bat, uh, which Jericho tried to use against him. And Jericho taps out. So uh, a good opener. And we didn't get the WWE style bullshit. 
that I was afraid we were going to get. I, I had the same worry that you had. I, I thought we were going to get a lot of like, ah, tension arises as we build up to the, you know, the, and we didn't get, it was just a straight up tag match. It was good. I, I, I like just, it was kind of no bullshit, no crazy antics. It was just a, Hey, here's a professional wrestling match to build us to a professional wrestling match on Saturday. So I like that. I, 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 a bit surprised, but 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 happy that it was just kind of to the basic, to the point. Let's just have a good wrestling match. Go out there, uh, and Claudio getting the win, I thought was 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 a good moment for him, but uh, probably doesn't uh, bode well for him at uh, at full gear, which we'll preview here in a moment, obviously. Yeah, I'll talk more about how I don't like that match when we start previewing the pay per view. We get a Moxley MJF pre tape. We get one of those Darby videos, and then we get uh, Sanjay. Whoa, 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 one of these Darby videos. This was incredible, this one. Oh, well, go ahead. I, I, I love normally... it. No, I mean, they're all they're all kind of the same, but I, I, I love them. It's just like, you know, Darby. He, well, first off, you had the, you you should have all of all people should have loved this one because you had the, the, the scene of the guitar with the blood on it. Yeah. And you, the, the segment you loved so much, Jeff Jarrett just blooding Darby Allen with the guitar. Then right. it's Darby Allen sitting in a body bag with blood all over him, and Sting just driving into the desert and going, eh, all right, let's go, Darby. We got to drive to uh, Newark. So he puts him in the car, and they're in the desert, and then they drive to Newark. I loved it. It was fantastic. So just just yeah. nice, basic, to the point. See, that's interesting to get you in the mix because normally on the on the Dynamite review, like these Darby videos and the the the, the Malachi Black bullshit that they do in the graveyard, like I just blow right through that because I don't really pay attention during the show. It's just not stuff that I'm interested in. So I, then when I re- – Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. So then when I do the review, I kind of just blow through it and note that it was there, but I normally don't break that stuff down. So uh, that's a different perspective for everybody. Uh, I do. I mean, I'm curious how Darby ended up in the middle of like Utah or something. I mean, they were they were in Atlantic City, right? <laughs> when, when yeah. Jeff Jarrett debuted. It was either Boston or Baltimore or, you know, yeah, it was either Boston or Baltimore that he debuted. But somehow uh, Darby ended up in, you know, Monument Valley, <laughs> Arizona or something. So. Yeah, well, you know, Darby's a free spirit. He is, he, uh, he is absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Darby. And if, if you I'll just tell you, Darby in real life is exactly Darby that you would assume Darby Allen would be. I'll tell you that he is a. Yeah. Very strange fella. I, I was recently sent a picture uh, of Darby Allen at his estate. He lives in like this giant estate, uh, and he was filling a dunk take with barbecue sauce. Mm. Some shenanigans surely ensued. <laughs> shenanigans were surely afoot uh, there. And what, the best part about this is he had like a shopping cart full of barbecue sauce and was doing that to instead of like going to you know a a, a food supplier or something like that or calling somebody and saying hey i need a vat of barbecue sauce darby <laughs> rolled up to you know the local insert you know localized grocery store and just bought every single thing of barbecue sauce they had and then spent the next 3 hours squeezing it into a dunk tank you know what kind of barbecue sauce it i was? cannot confirm which type of barbecue sauce i, I do not know that i have a 6 year old in this house who has moved on from ketchup and is all about the barbecue sauce now. Okay. And there was a great deal on the super cheap craft barbecue sauce. Okay. Yeah. I've seen that one. Yeah. You know, they cost like a dollar or whatever, but you can get 10 for like $6. So I was like, I'm doing that. Right. So I buy 10 craft, Just craft original, sauces. right. Just like craft original. <sighs> craft original in like that 12 ounce squeeze <laughs> yeah, bottle yeah. you know what i'm talking yeah, about it's, ugh, i'm like it's a six-year-old right and it's 10 for six dollars she 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 dips her her, her chicken her chicken nuggy takes yeah. a taste spits it out Whoa. she's like this, she's, she's a like hipster she's a bbq sauce hipster i love it she's like this is different i'm like what do you mean it's barbecue sauce she's like this is not the one you usually have 
I'm like, I'm trying to lie to her. I'm like, no, it's barbecue sauce. But she knew. And I had to buy on the next grocery trip the sweet baby rays. I was gonna say I was hoping she was sweet baby rays. Yeah, that, that's that's the I think the clearly superior of like the cheaper. Yeah, I mean you can get wild in barbecue. My my barbecue sauce aisle is gigantic and has a bunch of different stuff that I've tried. But yeah, if you want like basic, you know, for a six year old, yeah, slightly above replacement level. Exactly, right. you know what you're gonna get. Reliable yeah. as hell, good flavor, decent price. Sweet baby rays is, is the way to go for sure. So uh, she, that's all she will eat. And now I have a pantry with. Nine and a half <laughs> of these shitty craft, craft original barbecue sauces. So instead of saving like four dollars, I wasted six dollars. I don't know have what to make like doing. something in a slow cooker, but then you're gonna have to eat that. No, you don't want to eat the craft barbecue sauce. I don't know what you're gonna do. Donate it to Darby Allen next time you see him. No, I've got I've got bougie barbecue sauce in my pantry. You know, you, yeah, you yeah. like. Like, ooh, this looks good. It's seven forty nine. Uh, fuck it, you know. And you buy I do. I do. Any, I, like, I do, do I, I, when, every time I go to the condiment aisle, I always buy like the most expensive random one I've ever seen. I'm just like, oh, this looks yeah, pretty good. This and must be good. It's yeah, nine dollars. Right. It's, it's right. nine fifty. It's, it's got to be great. Yeah, like, this has to be fantastic. Yeah. And sometimes they're not. Let they're, me tell you. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. But I keep them. Yeah. The problem is because I spent that nine fifty, I don't throw it away. Right, and I look at it all the time. I'm like, this thing sucked, and I don't want it again. But I'm like, I spent nine fifty. I better try it again. And then, uh, like two months later, I'll try it again. I'm like, nah, it's still kind of not that good. But yeah, why? And then you say to yourself, why did I think that this smoky oak apricot flavored barbecue sauce was going to be good? I don't even like apricots, but you bought it because it was expensive, and you thought it was going to be good. I'm going to do this with a $5,000 refrigerator on Saturday, just to let you know. <laughs> right. and, and I'm going to have the same buyer's regret. <laughs> the yeah, exactly. You... Except it's not <laughs> right. But but now I have a six-year-old who who is particular about her. She wants $2 barbecue sauce, not 89-cent barbecue sauce. Okay, so this is going to be a problem. Um, Anyway, then we have Sanjay Dutt and and uh, and Double J Jeff Jarrett and the gang responding to the Darby video. So they, of course, are going to have a tag team match at the pay per view. We get the acclaimed music video, where uh, my favorite line was, uh, "I didn't write it down, so of course I'm going to botch it." But he said that uh, Swerve Strickland likes to take selfies with people who aren't even famous, which I thought was a good line because. <laughs> yeah. I, too, much like Max Castor, don't know who half of these people are that they bring on the show. And they're supposed – I know who some of them are, obviously, like uh, uh, Rick Ross. Yeah, like, you I, know, know. I, I was going to ask. I, I forgot to listen to that um, segment last week or, or a couple weeks ago when Rick Ross was on. But uh, not only was he a great promo, uh, you, you know Rick Ross, though. He, he's he's of famous course. enough that you know Rick Ross. Yeah, but, like, I'll give you a good example. Like, the guy who – designs the designer jackets no one knows who that guy is i and and people in the discord do you remember that guy like i do yeah people like no no that's da, 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 da. And it's like nobody knows who that no, guy nobody is. knows who that guy stop it okay it's it's you know Pre- pretending Trina was uh relevant in 2022 was that uh, was was certainly an, an idea too yeah yeah that was another one but i don't think they she wasn't with uh she was with jade oh that's she right that's with, uh, right she wasn't with swerve I, I apologize right they didn't they didn't put her with swerve but uh she's infinitely more famous than that jacket, <laughs> the jacket guy. you know like, <laughs> they're like we're backstage here with swerve and the jacket guy <laughs> it's like oh, yeah all right, cool. like, <laughs> you know so i thought castor that was an excellent line and then uh you know he threw in the line about will washington saying that uh your family is tied up with the sheets or whatever so some inside stuff there, but uh, it filmed on the beaches of Atlantic City. If you notice, is Rich. that where that was? Okay, there you go. Yeah, 
Yeah, so. Well, Captain Insano um, uh, as well. The, the big show, stealing money, Paul White, uh, reprising his role as Captain Insano. Stealing oh, lots of money. <laughs> lots of money. Old, no more BS. He is, he, unlike, he, Christian says he outworks everybody, man. I don't know. You know, hopefully Paul White is doing lots of data entry or doing something for the company. <laughs> because Answering the phones or something like yeah, I did as a kid. Yeah. Yeah. Answering the phones with people's nine-year-old kids that come to the office. Because he's – I don't understand, like, what his purpose is. Like, he does nothing, um, at least not on camera. I, I, I don't know. But uh, then we had a match, Swerve Strickland versus Anthony Bowens, a singles match as this feud must continue, and uh, Swerve Strickland wins – a perfectly competent match. There were some scattered reports that Bowens may have been injured in this bout. Uh, I haven't seen any follow up on that. Yeah. So uh, he uh, he he tweeted out a photo, which again, obviously, you have to uh, take with a uh, a bit of a. It is a professional wrestler, uh, and they sometimes are known to fake injuries or pretend that they're hurt when they're actually hurt. Uh, but he was in a sling at at, uh, at one point. But uh, if you did notice in the match, they were doing a lot of work over his arm and kind of you know swerve was sort of working. So. I tend to think that's part of the story and probably a, a tip off to what I think the result is probably going to be on Saturday. So uh, we'll discuss that when we get a little bit uh, when, we, when we talk about our full gear. But I don't as of this as of this right now. Again, I could be wrong. And it's AEW's luck, so the guy probably has a torn rotator cuff or something. But as of eight fifty five, uh, November seventeenth, I am guessing that it's probably just a work that they're trying to play up this. You know that he's got he's going in on Saturday at a disadvantage with a hurt arm or a hurt shoulder or whatever. But again, with AEW's luck, he's definitely out for like a year now at this point. So we'll see. Tony Schiavone is with Samoa Joe. Joe is cutting a fiery promo explaining why he turned on the Wardlaw. I didn't think his promo made sense. He was alluding to something about he was just getting ahead of, of things because he didn't trust Wardlow or something. But here's the thing. Because he turned heel, he doesn't have to make sense. He could be unhinged and and just have stupid reasoning because we're not supposed to like him anyway. And we're supposed to boo him. The promo itself was fiery as hell. And I thought Joe really put a lot of passion into it and, uh, and did a good job. So uh, then Will Hobbs comes out and he cuts a promo on Joe. Then Wardlow's music hits and they're both waiting for him to come out to put the boots to him. But he comes in through the crowd and, uh, and, and uh, attacks Samoa Joe from behind. So these men are going to have a three-way at the pay-per-view. I am not a fan of the three-way. I am not a fan of this pay-per-view lineup, which we'll talk about later. Um, but they're going to have a three-way. And uh, what would you think of all this? I thought Joe's promo was really good, and, and Wardlow is still over as fuck anytime he appears on screen. Yeah, I, I thought Joe's promo was great. I, I was, you know, as, as he got in the ring, and I'm like, all right, here we go. You know, because I'm not that interested in this match, and I wasn't that interested in his turn or whatever. And then he just kind of went off in this what I thought was a really, really good promo. It, it it towed the line of being a you people promo a little more than I would have loved, but otherwise, I mean, it, it, the passion of it was good, uh, and just the idea of it was was solid. I mean, the the turn, I'm kind of indifferent on the turn. I think it was kind of it, it felt a little too rushed, a little out of nowhere, not fully, but but you know, you can you can fix that with just a good promo, a good 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 you know, couple weeks or whatever, and and I think we'll get there. Uh, uh, with these guys, but no, I thought uh, I thought the promo itself was good, and and yeah, I'm still into. Uh, I know everybody else is saying, "Oh, Wardlow's being misused, and it's all a disaster, and it's a mess, and da 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 da." But I don't think it's quite that. I, I think he's still over as hell and and still pretty damn solid. And the fans seem into this match maybe even a little bit more than I am, or into you know this. We'll, we'll talk about it a bit, but yeah, again, wish it wasn't three way. Just wish it was Wardlow versus Joe. But you know, it is what it is. Look, this Bridgeport crowd wasn't good for a lot of this show. I thought they were hot for the acclaimed. 
and I thought they were pretty hot for the this segment once the once Wardlow got into the ring. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, so, they, there was there was a few random things that they were really really into. We'll talk about it a little bit as we get later in the show. There was a few things they were not into at all, but the acclaimed, yeah. uh, the elite showing up on the graphic uh, with the with the for the the um, the six man titles and the. Um, yeah, and this and this Wardlow and Smojo they were into. There were a lot of other stuff they were not into, but but the, the, this they definitely were. So Britt does a pre-tape promo defending herself against uh, Soraya's comments from the week before. The key line here was uh, Britt saying, "No, I never worked MSG. You're right about that. But you know where I did work? I worked Daly's place every week of the pandemic when I was carrying this company on my back and working hard and and uh, making sure that the fans had a show to watch and." Rich, how the fuck is Britt not the babyface in this feud? Well, I, I think she might be. I, I think I, this this week let me know that they probably sat down and uh, this. I don't know if this is the vibe that you got. I guess you know we'll talk about it a little bit with Soraya when we get to her promo. I think they sat down and basically said, "Okay, this has been a disaster so far. Uh, it's not working. The plan that we had for Soraya, what she was saying, the content of her promos, it's not going to work. It's bad. We need to switch gears. We need to change gears right away. And Britt has to be the babyface." And Soraya has to be the heel, and we're just going to go right down to end. Because exactly what I thought they should have done a couple weeks ago, they did do this week. Where Soraya, when she cut her promo later, and then I hate to hate to jump ahead, but I guess we... we, oh, we go ahead, now. go ahead, go ahead. When she cut her promo with Renee, it was like, I don't know what she's talking about for opportunities. I want to be here because I want to face the best in the world, and you're the best in the world, and I want to face you on Saturday. Boom, they got her out of there. And I was saying, that's exactly what I wanted to hear a couple weeks ago. When she was ranting and raving and going on and on about, I'm here to save the division. They got smart and they said, all right, let's just cut to the chase. That's what you need to say. And for Britt, I think they've realized, well, shit, we cannot go on Saturday and pretend in good conscience that Britt is going to be the heel or that people are going to boo Britt. So we're just going to go full on and switch. And I don't know if this is a full on like actual double turn or you're just just for this match and this moment and this month or whatever, you're going to do it. But you had to change Gears. You had to change something here uh, with Brit. So I thought this was a great promo and a great way to kind of pivot from what has not worked whatsoever. Because you could easily just keep going down that path, but that path was not going anywhere. So I love the idea here of just, okay, look, you said this division needs helping. You were in WWE. Yeah, I don't give a shit about any of that. I don't care about WWE. I care about AEW. I'm the I'm the head of AEW. I've been here since day one. I was here during the pandemic, and I'll be here long after you're gone or whatever. Boom, good. Let's go. So I, I loved it. I thought it was a great, great promo, and I think a very, very smart and good pivot to do ahead of full gear because you cannot go into that show and pretend that Brit's the the heel and, and, and Soraya's the babyface. You cannot. I mean, that's what it felt like, but I don't know necessarily if that's their intent, especially based on Tony Khan's comments on the media call where, you know, he kind of doubled down on the original story. He said that when talking about this match, every time somebody, he said, not everyone who's from outside this company is the bad guy, and not everybody who started with this company is a good person. When he was talking in kayfabe, putting over the story of this match, so he kind of doubled down on the idea that's that Soraya is the babyface, which is ridiculous. I mean, I would be very surprised if Britt Baker doesn't get cheered and Soraya doesn't get booed on Saturday, because the psychology is all wrong here. I mean, you know, I, I just feel like Soraya is someone who we know that she she didn't follow the company. She didn't know anything about AEW. She didn't watch it. She didn't, you know, do her homework and catch up on it. They bring her in. And I think she came in and did a, did the kind of promos that she 
that that she knows, which from the last place that she came from, the fans were constantly rejecting what the company was giving them, right? In that era of WWE. That's not the case anymore. Their fans generally like what the company, you don't get CM Punk chants at WWE shows. You don't, you know, they boo and cheer the right people according to the storylines because they've run everybody else off. But when Paige was last relevant in wrestling, to get over as a babyface in the WWE, you had to shit on the company because a lot of the fans d- were, were always angry at the company. So she comes in and is cutting promos saying she's here to save the division and 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 this is my house now and all this. And it's just the problem is AEW fans like AEW. They, you know, it's, 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 the psychology is different. That's why I think none of this has worked. You know, she's, she's cutting the kinds of promos that she knows get over, but she's cutting them in the wrong place. This isn't 2015 WWE where that kind of promo is going to get over with the crowd. Cause the crowd is like, Oh wait, I'm supposed to like you, but you're putting down this place that I like. I like you're you're healing the company and we like this company. We like the company. Like, like you're telling me this division stinks. I like this division and I like this company and I, 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 I like the women in this division and I don't think you need to save anything. I, you know, and I think it's just a combination of Soraya not understanding where she works and Tony Khan letting Twitter win on this one. He is too online. And this is one of those instances where he is, he is starting to believe what people say on Twitter. You've got to ignore those dopes. The AEW core fan base likes the product that you're presenting. You know, don't don't have a babyface go out there and endorse the idea that your whole women's division is bad. This feud, this story, all of this fucking stinks from the top down. I hate and I the story. Feel, I hate all this. I, I, and I, I didn't mind. I didn't mind this week. I thought this week was good, but it does not make up for the awfulness that's been the last couple weeks. I feel bad for Brit. I feel bad for Brit. Because she's a heel and she's been put in a position of like last night doing what to me was a babyface promo. You you think it's a flat out turn. That's how a babyface it was. And it might be. And I don't blame her. You could tell there was passion in her words too. Like there was you go back and watch that. There is passion in her eyes and in her voice when she's defending herself. You know, from from Paige put us, uh, you know, putting her down last week. Big time in her. Oh, I've worked here and I've worked. I've worked Tokyo Dome. Which she Tokyo never did, Dome. by the way. <laughs> right, the Tokyo now she did correct herself on Twitter. To be ah, fair, well, yeah. she said she got caught up in the moment and meant to say Sumo Hall. Whatever. I didn't even take it as her. A lot of people took it as her lying in the promo. I didn't think that was a big deal saying Tokyo Dome because I thought it was just typical pro wrestling bullshit where you tell a white lie because you can. You know what I mean? That stuff doesn't really bother me. But then she did correct herself later. So whatever. But the, the bottom line is she's big time in her. And I'm sure that that was annoying to Brit on some level. This is all a mess. This is a fucking mess. I, I hope Paige gets booed out of the building. Because as someone who does enjoy AEW, I don't appreciate like who the hell is Paige? Well, and she's big I never time asked for like, her. Yeah. And you're not like you're coming in here in big. Like I said, the, all this entire story should have been 
She shows up and says, look, I haven't been able to get cleared for five years, but I'm cleared, and I hear this is where the best women's wrestling in the world is, and I want to face the best right off the bat. The end. Boom. And that's, that's all you do. Then she never talks again. <laughs> you never and see then, her again. And then, and then Britt comes out and says, this is my house. Right, right. Who the hell are you to come shit. into my house and demand a title right. shot? You've done nothing here. I was here during the pandemic. I was in Daly's place. What were you doing? You were sitting at home rehabbing right. this injury or whatever. You aren't. You, you cannot lace my boots. You haven't wrestled in five years. You're not on my level yet i'm not giving you the title shot or whatever or 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 says you know you want it i'll bring it to you full gear prove to me that you belong here in this division the end drop the mic and then maybe just training videos of soraya getting back into shape that's it that's all i needed (laughs) but instead we're talking about tokyo dome and madison square garden and And, and tony storm on the head this is tony storm she's good you'll like her (laughs) we know we're watching her we got it And it should be Soraya with a shred of doubt whether she can come back from the injury. So you put some sympathy on her and 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 have Britt attack her injured attack the back. Like this could have been done so much better, and it would have. Now listen, I take all of this back. If it's a double turn, and that was the intent from the start, because it, from that standpoint, it's great, right? Because Soraya is not likable at all, and Britt is being likable. So if it's a double turn, I think it's a very good one. And I do think Britt is due for a turn. She's been a heel for a couple years now. And, you know, I don't think it would be the worst thing for Britt to go babyface. And for if she does split with Hater, Hater's the one that's the heel. You could go either way with it, but I wouldn't mind Britt going babyface. So... She might have no choice after this because she's going to come out to a hero's welcome here on uh, <laughs> at full gear. Thank you God, think. this you know most of the full gears are in like Pittsburgh or whatever. Thank God, this I mean they dodged a little bit of a bullet there because if she came out in Pittsburgh after this build, oh my God, God, it would have been ridiculous. But uh, yeah, yeah, I mean I I like I said I don't know that you need to full on turn her baby face, but she is going to get a a big big reaction uh, on Saturday, and I think Soraya is going to get absolutely this. I guess this is now the time we we're going to, you know, we'll, we'll preview it when we talk about it in a little bit, but in another era, in any other era of wrestling, other than like this era that we're in right now, or, 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 or you know, recent vintage, Soraya would, would, would come through the curtain after that match. She'd get a handshake and they'd say, all right, well, maybe we'll do business with you down the line, but uh, you know, we have nothing for you right now. So take care and wish you the best, you know? Pat on the back, yeah. you're gone. <laughs> you know, like we did the story, didn't work out. It's not going to work. It's okay. Maybe in a year we can try this again, or, or when you're free again, we can try this again. But it just didn't work right now. So you know, here's your envelope, and here's a pat on the back, and, and there you go. But uh, she she comes across like someone who pro wrestling has passed her by. Oh, she looks like she came like a time loop from five years ago, and, and she's yeah. doing you know, like you said, she's doing WWE promos from five years ago, and I said like, nobody wants that in this company. Like you, you can't come yeah. here with that, and and. Uh, yeah, she and God, this match. I mean, she's got to deliver, and she's already like trying to put it out. I don't know if you've seen, but like she's already trying to put it out there with you know, um, you know, I have, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna be under a microscope, and no, nobody really knows what I'm gonna do, and like I haven't wrestled in five years. And it's there's a lot of to me already trying to kind of set the stage for just so you know. Yeah, I don't know. I I have no use for her. I she can go away again for five. I I wouldn't miss her, but I don't know. Um. You know, it just feels a lot like Bob Backlund coming back in 1994 or whatever. Yes, and it's just- yes. <laughs> Which, so what, the best part about that, and they might have to do this exact thing, is 
they brought him back in like nineteen, like early nineteen ninety three, and he yeah, was like Bob Backlund yeah. from nineteen eighty three, and he was like, ah, "How's it going? Howdy doody, folks! Like I'm a professional yeah. wrestler." And like very quickly they realized, okay, that's not going to work. We're going to have to change that. And then he became deranged guy from nineteen eighty three who thought he was still living in nineteen eighty three, but he wasn't. And maybe you have to do that with Soraya, where maybe she's got to come out with a diva's belt, and <laughs> you have to just completely change. Or just, I mean, God, I how long did he sign her for? I don't know. I don't know the uh, length, but you know it's seven figures. Uh, <laughs> I'm just I'm thinking of all these scenarios when it would just be so much easier, like I said, in any other era to say, you know what? It's just not going to work. That's okay. We'll try it again another time. But uh, here you go. Wish you best. Future endeavors. Handshake. Bat pack. There you go. All right. See ya. All right. So we had uh, Death Triangle against AR Fox and Top Flight. Um, you know, putting AR Fox with Top Flight is something I talked about on our Discord. In fact, Rich, I know this is gross, but fantasy booking alert. I, I plotted out a whole... Yeah. <laughs> Long before this ever really happened, you know, when AR Fox started popping up on Dark, I was like, listen, they should put him with Top Flight and have them be a regular trio and then do a long-term slow burn thing where eventually AR Fox he- turns heel on them, maybe even with Matt Seidel. Right, because Matt Seidel can work heel. Do you remember his heel turn? In oh ROA? yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was a very yeah, you know. And and then obviously in the end, Top Flight goes over. You know, they go over the veterans in the end. You know, um, you know. And then a few weeks later, they pop up on TV as a trio here against Death Triangle. So uh, we'll see if the rest of my idea gets uh, gets stolen. Listen, that's my last free one, TK. You gotta, you know, we gotta talk compensation. If, if you want more, because there's a lot more in this brain. And that's a that good came. one. And that's a good hey, one. And- I, I won't I won't lie. When he came out, I was like, damn, yeah, that's it. That's a good team. That's a good trio. That's it. We're good. Yeah. So um, anyway, uh, they lose to Death Triangle here. Um, it was everything you thought it would be, especially after the commercial with all the wacky flips and dives and everything. AR Fox gets a bunch of shine and a near fall before he eventually gets hit. With uh, all of the finishers, Rich, he gets hit with the uh, Lucha Brothers finish, and then he gets hit with the Flippy Do Red Arrow gimmick from Pack, and he uh, and he takes the fall as the non-contracted guy, and uh, Death Triangle wins. Pack then addresses uh, the cryptic elite videos over the last few weeks. Then it becomes official that uh, that they will be taking on the elite as the elite appear back into the graphic, and. Uh, Pack seemed pleased with that, and uh, he can't wait to uh, to get his hands on the elite at the pay per view. Any more thoughts on this segment? Uh, no, let's let's talk about. Uh, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about the elite's return uh, a little bit more when we do the full gear uh, preview because I have some thoughts on that. Yeah, let, let's we'll, we'll keep going through dynamite. But we'll uh, no, it's good, good segment, fun match. Um, enjoyed it. A lot of cool shit. Exactly what you want out of top flight, and uh, good to see Darius back. And and yeah, I think the Air Fox top flight trio. Uh, I'm in. I, I want that to be a trio moving forward and i think it'll work they fit in they'll they fit in with this division perfectly the do crazy shit for 15 minutes division which i like i like when things happen on my television yeah there should be matches like that on every dynamite a trios match like that a trios title match rampage too i mean if you're talking about something for rampage to stand out like you know a great idea with rampage is you got an hour half that show should just be here's some fucking insane match with with six guys you know what i mean like just go out there 20, 20 minutes of TV time and just go nuts. Go do crazy stuff and and get us through that first, the last half hour, the first half hour, whatever it is. I think it'd be a good 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 way to to, to structure rampage moving forward. But all right, so uh, we had a Ricky Starks pre tape. He's talking about Lance Archer attacking him before the match last week, 
and uh, they will take on each other in their first round tournament. Ethan Page is already in the finals, and we've got first round matches on the other side of the bracket as uh, Starks takes on Lance Archer on uh, Rampage. Then it was announced at the media call how the rest of the tournament will play out. The winner of Starks Archer will take on Brian Cage on the zero hour full gear pre show. And then the finals of the tournament, where whoever comes out of that side of the bracket uh, at the uh, pay-per-view will take on Ethan Page on the ensuing Dynamite the following week. So the tournament final will not be at full gear. It will be on Dynamite next week. So that's how all of that is going to uh, play out. Next up, we had Ethan Page versus Bandito. And this was obviously a semifinal match in that tournament. And... As I just noted, Ethan Page was the winner. He's getting the big heel push here, as we figured he would a few weeks ago. And uh, Bandito did get some near falls here, but Ego eventually wins it with the Ego's Edge. And it was a uh, perfectly fine TV match. Any thoughts on this tournament or this match or anything else? I see some people really bothered by Ethan Page being in this spot. And it's like, I don't trust me. I don't love Ethan Page. And... Uh, ultimately, he's. Pr- I think he's probably gonna win. I. I don't know. Like I. I really want. I'd rather have Starks, obviously, but I, I don't know. I'm not that bothered by Ethan Page being. It's not like he's get. He's getting a title shot. This is all to get a title shot. So ultimately, it's like we're not strapping the rocket to him. And uh, it's gonna be a title shot on a dynamite, more than likely. It's no, I not think they've already said a, it's on the Winter Is Coming show, right? Yeah. So there you go. So it's not like. Yeah, it's you know, now our pay-per-view cycle is surround- Ethan Page. Ethan Page. Pay- yeah, we're, right. we're building to revolution with Ethan Page. Like, we're not doing that. Which, again, right. if that was happening, I'd say, oh, boy, okay, yeah, maybe that's a little too much. But if we're just building to a dynamite one-off title shot or whatever, I- I'm fine with it. I mean, I prefer, again, I prefer Starks, uh, obviously, but and I think it's a good time to push Starks. But I don't know. I'm not as bothered by the Ethan Page push as, as it seems a lot of other people are, even though I'm not, well, not a huge fan of his. But he's in the firm, and the firm's a, a, a big deal right now. So And, yeah, look – they kind of tipped off it would be Page and Starks in the final because those are the only two guys who got promo time before the tournament and all that. Um, so I'd be very surprised if Starks doesn't emerge out of his side. And look, I don't love Ethan Page either. There's just something about him where he looks the part. He can talk the part. Uh, his work is good enough, but there's something about him where I just don't feel like he takes any of this seriously. There's There's something... And I don't know if that makes any sense to you or the listeners, but I get the sense that it's all tongue-in-cheek with him. Kind of like Trent in a lot of ways, too. He's another one. Um, and I I, it, I, just can't get past that. You know, I, 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 I feel like Ethan Page just has this thing about him where he feels like, ah, it's whatever, I'm... This is just silly pro wrestling. This is what I do for a pa- I just I don't feel passion with he, him. He does and and he doesn't exude that same passion that like those guys that just live it, that they live and yeah. they die with this industry. He yeah, it, it and I'm sure he does. I mean, he's still does. he's been in it for a decade plus at this point. I mean, maybe even a little bit more. I mean, it it it's a guy who clearly has, you know, devoted a lot of his life to it, but I I'm with you. It doesn't feel like this is a guy that's just like, this is my life. This is everything that I've ever wanted is to be a pro wrestler. I don't know, you know, and you could sense that. You could see that, which, you know, it, maybe a lot of people it's on a hang up, but for me, it definitely, definitely is a little bit. Yeah. I just feel like if it were up to him, he'd be doing Karate Man and fooling around right. and, uh, you, and, you know what Anwar, I mean? Like, Anwar in our, our no chat room has a great, he says, so Ethan Page is Derek Holman. I like fair. it. I like I'm, the cop where he's I'm like, fair. I'm six foot ten and I'm good at basketball, so I guess I have to play basketball. And it's like, at no point right. did Derek Holman look like he enjoyed playing basketball. 
Right. But he'd still get like 25 and 15 because he was Derek Coleman. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. But at the same time, I get they don't have a lot of heels. They don't have a lot of top heels. I get why they're pushing them. You got to try some things. Maybe it'll work. Maybe it won't. Um, you know, we'll see. But they, they are very weak on the heel side at the top of the card. There's no doubt about it. So he's getting a shot. And I do think he's winning the tournament. And the tip-off will be, if MJF wins the title, obviously Ethan Page is winning the tournament three days later. on. Oh, Biden. yeah, yeah. So you can get some firm MJF yeah. stuff. Yeah, that, that's, to me, I think that you're going to want, yeah, it, it, I, I would lock that in. And that's, I still, I don't, I'm, I'm kind of wavering on if MJF is going to win this title or not. I kind of. Well, we'll get to that. We'll get yeah. to that. But, you know, I, I, I think that result, I think, will tip off who's going to win that, the, the, the tournament, for sure. And if Mox wins, then I think, I still think, Page will win, but then I think it's 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 the door is open for whoever he's facing, which will probably be Starks. So, but if MJF wins, I think it's there's no doubt that Page will win, and you know, and then we'll see. You know, it, it, it'll either work or it won't. You know, um, so that's the uh, Eliminator Tournament. Next up, we had Jack Perry, and they are saying that more and more now, which yep, is Jungle a good Jack, thing. Jungle Jack Perry or Jungle yeah. Boy Jack Perry, I think they're they're saying more. Yeah, it's not just JR now. All of them refer to him as Jack Perry as they slowly move away from the, you know, Jack and the Beanstalk booties and the goofy gimmick. Um, so we had a video package with Jack Perry and Luchasaurus building up to the cage match at the pay-per-view. A cage match that makes some logical sense. Oh, well, we'll preview the show and talk about that. Um, then we had the sit down with Renee and Soraya, which we already talked about. And we had a bunch they of did as quick as they could. I mean, that that I love that because they were supposed to be in the ring. If you remember this, they were supposed to do an in-ring thing face to face or whatever. And they somehow pivoted to like, let's just do this. And I love they pivoted to Soraya say, I don't know what you're talking about with opportunities. I want to be here. I want to face the best. You're the best. I want to face you. Boom. On, on. <laughs> it was like 14 seconds. Get her out of here. Move on, which leads me to believe that they know this thing has been a disaster so far. Tony can say whatever he wants on those on, on that call. What they did on Dynamite to me showed that they know that this thing has been a disaster so far. They're scared to put her in front of a crowd again. Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's not been good. You can't you can't think it's been good. It's impossible to think it's been good. I would I would greatly I I would no longer trust your judgment of professional wrestling if you thought that this story's been good. No, it stinks. Um, we had a pre-tape with Eddie Kingston and Ortiz, and Eddie Kingston talking about how it's been his dream to wrestle Junakiyama, Junakiyama and Takashita against Eddie Kingston and Ortiz on Rampage this week, along with the Ricky Starks-Lance Archer match. Listen, Rampage, I, that, that for people like us, that's a great lineup. I can't wait for Rampage on Friday night. I mean, and hopefully... Yeah, nerds and dorks will complain about it, but I, I do not give a shit. That sounds fucking I mean, awesome. we had Shibata a couple weeks ago, and now this. I mean, if Rampage is going to be the home of really cool shit, I don't have a problem with that. Hopefully, this leads to something with Akiyama at the pay per view. You would think that he'll I could still see buy be in. I could see him if he's in town. Yeah, the, like, let's just do that. Like, like we did with uh, Ishii at, at All Out. Just have Kingston versus Akiyama in the buy in. That would be great. It'd be great for the live crowd, and and it make it follow. It make me want to watch the buy in for sure. So I think they're calling it zero hour. Oh, sorry, zero hour. Not the buy. The buy in is yes, right. Zero at least that's hour. what Tony said on the call. <laughs> I feel I like mean, they I, switch between. Is there a, a a reason some are the zero hour and some are the buy in? Because some are the buy in, right? Yeah. Well, he said he said last time that they they acquired the zero hour trademarks in the ROH purchase, and he likes it. So I think he might just be using that moving forward. 
but I'm not. Don't quote me on that. I I, I don't know. It seems to just what they use for all out. Did they use zero hour or buy in? I don't even remember. I want to say buy in, but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it was zero. I think it was. Well, let me pull. Let's see if we can pull that up. <laughs> I don't remember it because I think it was I was zero there. <laughs> I don't remember what they called it. So uh, it was. Uh, one. What was the date on that? That was September. That was September fourth. It was 4th. zero hour. Okay. All right. So we're just calling so zero I, hours now. Okay. So I'm going to continue to call them the buy-in for another year yeah. until I can kind of change my my. But I will try to start calling them zero hour. I think he likes the zero hour branding, and he might use buy-ins for 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 um, double or nothing for maybe. all that. For yeah, that's the yeah double or nothing because it's in Vegas and the whole gambling aspect of it, right? So. We'll see when Double or Nothing rolls around. But I remember him on the last media call saying he just really likes the zero-hour branding and he acquired it as part. Look, if you paid for it, you might as well use it. It's like that $9 bottle of barbecue sauce. You paid for it. You might as well you know, slather it on some ribs even if you don't like it very much. <laughs> no, and, you, it's a sunk cost. Just let it go. You know, the, the, the barbecue sauce, you should keep the, the, the zero-hour. But the barbecue sauce, you should just throw away. You, you definitely – that's a sunk cost. I can't do getting, it, man. You're not getting that money back. You know what I mean? Like That's what I'm saying. you got to put it on – you got to make something in like the slow cooker, something that you don't care that much about. Like Throw some – buy some yeah. like frozen meatballs from the store and just throw them in a slow cooker and lather all right. the craft sauce on them. You know what I mean? Like It's not good, yeah. but like you're just watching a game and you're just eating, you know. You see if it tastes any better warm. Right, yeah. You're just like, yeah, it's fine. Maybe this is sauce that needs to be cooked. Right? Yeah, right, right. Yeah, I'm, I'm saying throw throw – Throw some bad piece of meat into a slow cooker and just lather it in craft original barbecue sauce. You'll be fine. Maybe it's not a dipping sauce. So I'm sure it's gonna still suck, but you know, it's it's what is this people over for a party, you can uh, make some barbecue meat. Yeah, make the, make your guests eat the crappy barbecue <laughs> exactly, sauce. Right. It's yeah. for coming. Yeah, yeah, you gotta use you, you don't use the high level stuff for guests. Come on. Tony Storm versus Anna J was your fake main event. For the evening, um, people calling this the main event. Moxley's promo was the main <laughs> event. Okay, it was the last match. Yes, you are correct, people, but it was not the main event. And the and the main event match was the opening tag. It went twenty three minutes. It had all the stars. Okay, yeah, technically this was the main event match, but this was like the, it also the went, to, it went on the air at like eight thirty two or something like that, right? It was it was yeah, it's not no, it wasn't the main event. Storm wins it with her Scorpion Deathlock type hold, um, whatever the hell she calls that thing. And uh, Jamie Hater comes out, and uh, I'm excited about the Tony Storm Jamie. Let's save that though for the preview. Let's do it. Um, so Friday we also get Lee Moriarty versus Hook on Friday as well. So um, you know that plus Ricky Starks and Lance Archer plus Junakiyama. I'm really looking forward to Rampage. We also get the. Uh, the requisite Madison Rain match on Rampage as she takes on Athena. But I'm interested in that too because is Athena going to carry over her vicious I'm turning heel routine to TV that she's been doing on the right. YouTube Yeah, show? yeah, her, her 2013 Kenta thing that she's got going on right now. I don't know. Yeah, I'm yeah. not sure. Which, I mean, what an incredible pivot because all the nerds and dorks and botch accounts got on her case for working a little stiff. So in she the, just in... drops everybody on their fucking necks. Yeah. Right. So now it's her gimmick. Now yeah. she just beats the shit out of everybody viciously. And I think that's such a great pivot. And I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if Tony pulled her into the office and said, Hey, look, let's make this a thing. You know, it, it's, uh, it, it's, it's getting talked about and we can do something with this. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. So we had the Moxley go home promo yeah. and the firm, yeah. the firm come out. I have the same thoughts as you. And the firm come out and uh, beat them down. So we're all waiting for MJF. MJF comes out and the crowd goes very, very mild. Not mild. MJF. I was thinking, especially since Mox was just shitting the bed with this promo. I mean, this was Mox is a great promo, but I don't know what was going on here. Didn't know that it didn't know it. He was stumbling over his words. Didn't, and I'm not alluding to anything more than he just had like a bad promo night or whatever. So don't yeah. try to say that I'm, I'm, I'm not saying that. Oh, why would anyone take it that way? Right. I guess I, I just did. But right. why would anyone take it that way? Exactly. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not doing that. I'm just saying he had a bad, he, he had a bad promo night. He's, you know, kind of stumbling over his words or whatever. So I'm thinking, oh man. And the crowd's kind of like, eh. you could hear that. You could sense the crowd being like, this promo's not that good. They're not really getting anywhere. Then I'm Jeff, yeah. you know, dinner, 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 and I'm like, oh, they're going to fucking pop like crazy. And they were just like, yeah. Nobody <laughs> cared. Oh. oh, I thought we were going to explode for MJF. Okay. All right. That's fine. So I don't know. I mean, yeah. Nobody cared. It, it got nothing. I mean, this match feels cold. This match. And at one point it felt hot. Real hot. Like three weeks ago, it felt hot. Like three or four weeks ago, it felt hot as fuck. After the MJF Regal promo. Holy shit. If that, if that pay-per-view was that Sunday, I, I think, yeah, it felt real hot. Real, real. It, it, nothing. It, it is. Don't, hey, listen. Don't come at me with the Bridgeport crowd either. They were hot for stuff earlier in the show. I'm not saying that this was, uh, you know, some red hot Chicago or Philly or vintage, you know, a red hot Cork and Hall. By no means was it any of that. But it's not like they were a bad crowd the entire night. No, like we said, it, they they went nuts for the elite. They went nuts for the acclaim. They went nuts for Wardlow. Ward they went Law. nuts for Samoa Joe. Yeah, they they went wild. So. They, this is just match feels cold. Yeah. It just does. And and I feel like they they it's one of those matches that just maybe peaked a few weeks too early. It didn't help that Mox's promo wasn't great. It didn't help that people don't know what to make really of the firm. Um, the MJF, is he a heel? Is he a baby face? Is there's he the devil? Of, yeah, there's the a devil? lot of weird stuff here. It's like MJF is kind of feuding with Regal. He's also, you know, Moxley's like, ah, this guy doesn't deserve anything. And it's like, okay, we're doing that angle with him. 
MJF is kind of against the firm, but the firm are still kind of helping him. It, there's there's a lot of moving parts here that are all kind of making it real tough to say. Like you can't sit down and and and, and definitively say like, all right, the story of this match is, and do it in like a week, uh, you know, in in a sentence. You can't do it. You got to say, well, okay, here's what. <laughs> if there's a little bit of this and a little bit of that, and this. Well, and I don't even think and... that's bad because that was working a few weeks. It ago. It was, but I... now it's like kind of like the, nobody cares about the firm. That, uh, the the firm's been awful to be honest like that that i hate that the firm's involved in any of this stuff i would have just pretended the firm didn't exist probably and it, it maybe you do that after full gear uh, uh or maybe they, maybe they serve their function already and didn't need to be involved in this maybe yes. mjf just should have come out and they shit talked each other and did a stare down and it'd be nice if mox knew what day the pay-per-view was i mean that can't hurt that was but, um you know he's 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 the only guy with the right kind of energy to get away with that though. Right, Saturday, Sunday, Sunday, it's on Saturday, right? <laughs> Saturday, to say, what day is it? Saturday. You know, Max has to whisper to him Saturday. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's right, Saturday. <laughs> but Saturday, it works because yeah, it's 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 him. It's Moxley, so you could buy that. You could if you've ever again we've had direct message conversations with John Moxley. I could buy that yeah. he does not know that he got back to the back and or if he didn't know the name of the, the day of the pay per view. Luckily, thank God, his wife now works at that company. Because he's probably sitting on his couch on, like, Saturday morning, and she's like, we got to go. Yeah. And he's like, what? What? <laughs> it's like, Today's the baby. Oh, fuck. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That he, guy writes emails exactly how he talks. Yeah, exactly like you think. Exactly right. how he talks is how he writes out his emails. Like, if you read his book, you know. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. The book is, is great. There was not a ghostwriter for that book. I can tell you that. Not a chance. Uh, you, you guys like cover Noah and shit. Like that's what <laughs> that the email said. That, yeah. that was a real email that we got from him. So it's like, email, yeah, the exact email. you know, do you, also you guys, all like, no subjects, all no subjects. Didn't never replied to any email. Just started no. a new email. New email. Every time I to no subject. <laughs> no subject. No uh, replies. The conversation starts with yo, just send me an example of one of them. Yes. No capitalization or punctuation to be found, but but at the same time, you know exactly what the guy's saying and what he means. Yeah. And what, Do you guys cover about. just New Japan or like Noah and other promotions too? And other and, and shit, yeah. And so other. it's like, <laughs> so you know, he can get away with not knowing what day the pay per view is, but he's like the only guy who can kind of yes. get away with that. But it's still, but because the rest of the segment sucked, it still came off like you know, amateur hour in a lot of ways because the segment was bad and it, the match was already well, and, cold and Regal's not just standing there. And it's like, you're a vital part of this story. Like let's, why are you standing here clutching the title and just sitting there in the background? Like, don't do the Paul Heyman thing. Like you're, you're an essential part of this story too. Like I, I it was a very weird segment. There, there's so many better ways that could have went about this than having, you know, MJF or, 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 or Mox cut like a marble mouth promo, the firm come out, MJF comes out, he fights off the firm, says, I didn't do that because of you. I did it. It's just like, what are we doing? Like, I don't understand what it's it's weird. It's a very strange build, and it was working, and it I I'm still excited about the match, but this didn't help. That this this I'm less excited than I was two weeks ago. I wish the first the, the early promos were the closing promos, and the early and the closing promos were the early. Like they should have reversed. It right, would have like worked better. Regal, if that regal promo was here. And yeah. Regal says, you know, I don't think you're, I don't think you're mad enough to do this. And I, and and he, MJF cuts that promo that he cut on that night. Oh my God, we're we're te- we're taking an hour talking about it. Yeah. So, um, I didn't think this was a great dynamite. And you know, they haven't had they they, they kind of have a history of not of having not so great uh, go home shows. And 
this was a not so great go home show. The main event does not feel like a hot match at all. Um, you know, and, and on top of that, the rating was a disaster. I mean, you can spin the survivor number all you want. I mean, I, you know, Chicago it, mad. I saw people going, Whoa, Chicago. Mad. Okay. I mean, that's all well and good, but they did 818,000 viewers in a point two eight. I mean, that's not a good number. It's just not a good number. Not a There's NBA no night too. Cause I saw some people say, Whoa, what about the NBA? And it's like, the NBA didn't do that great. And the game was like, I want to say it was the Sixers versus the Hawks and the Sixers blew them. Away. I mean, it was not a good number either. I mean, it wasn't a good game either. So. She got a cold main event, a not-so-great go-home show. I mean, it was all right, but, you know, it had its moments. But in terms of building the pay-per-view, a not-so-great go-home show, not a lot of people watched it, at least live. It doesn't feel like this pay-per-view is hot at all two days out. I'm not chomping at the bit for this pay-per-view. And we'll we'll transition into the pay-per-view preview. I don't love the lineup, so that doesn't help. I don't feel like this is going to be a big pay-per-view. Watch them turn around and do 190,000 buys. <laughs> right, exactly. But, yeah. but I, my feeling is they won't. My, my, feeling my is guess is, yeah, this is going to be down pretty pretty significant. I think this will be in the range of all out and maybe a little, little bit lower. I, I, I don't see this as popping a huge number, but I, I guess we'll find out. And I guess that's a good transition into the, uh, the pay-per-view itself. So uh, let me pull up the card. And, and yes um, – a few dozen of you let us know that we were missing the three-way match on the on the run sheet, but yes, we'll, we'll make sure that. we get to it now. Um, and we talked about some of these matches already. We talked about the only match for the zero hour right now that we know of, and I'm sure that a bunch of them will get added Friday because they usually have three or four. I love the pre-shows because they're all action. It's just match after match. It's an hour of matches, and, and I love that. Um, so we're waiting on – it's going to be Brian Cage versus Ricky Starks or Lance Archer. So then – we got Luchasaurus versus Jack Perry in the cage. A cage match that has a purpose because the whole idea is that Christian keeps getting involved and you know in 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 Jack Perry's business. But or now one of the, the two, there, yeah. When, when when Perry's against Christian, Luchasaurus is getting involved. When when yeah. you know, when Christian's not there, you know, yeah. So one on one, I just want one of you in a cage, one on one. I don't need two guys coming out here. Just let's find out who the better man is. Right, so the other cage match, Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal versus Sting and Darby Allen. Um, I don't know. I think this is it's harmless fun. Jeff Jarrett and Sting in the same match, and you know, uh, now we know that that's the only reason that they've extended this Darby Allen Jay Lethal feud is because they wanted to get Jeff Jarrett and Sting in the mix. And for an undercard on the pay per view, I'm looking forward to the last outlaw Jeff Jarrett on this show. <laughs> I am too. I loved it. I'm in there with Sting. The best part about his promo on Dynamite, I forgot to mention it during the promo, is, you know, so Jay Lethal saying, all right, Darby. And then he, Jeff Jarrett butts in and goes, all right, I'm going to tell you about this thing or whatever. And then he yeah. cuts his little 20 second promo and he goes, get out of my face. What are you doing here? It's like, you walked into the set. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, Jarrett's like a lunatic. Yeah, he's just he's, fucking yeah. deranged. So now, what I, 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 understand, I am with you that I like this, I'm into it. But it's all I need Darby Allen pinning Jeff Jarrett. You know what I mean? Like I that's the way to, like we don't need Jeff Jarrett hitting Darby Allen with a guitar and pinning him or whatever. I I we need Darby to pin Jeff Jarrett or Darby to pin Jay Lethal. That's the way to go with this thing. Don't don't get too cute with this. Remember what the exact the, the point of all this should be is 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 elevating Darby Allen. I don't need Jeff Jarrett getting a pin and wee woo wee woo playing after the match. I need Jeff Jarrett braining Sting with a guitar, pinning him in the middle. 
And then <laughs> you're a lunatic. <laughs> and then and then Sting versus Jeff Jarrett third from the top at Revolution. Oh, that's what I God. need. Well, I have two thousand WCW yeah. for you to watch then. If you, that's what I, I let me tell you, that would be the wrong thing to do, and I would love every fucking <laughs> I second. I hate of that it. so much. I hate that. I idea. would love every fucking. <laughs> it would be a gross miscarriage of justice if we only heard Double J's song once on this pay per view <laughs> on Saturday. Okay. That's the way I look at this. Oh, I'm into the last that, outlaw. I hate that idea so much. I gotta it's, hate that. It's so much fun. I I, I love the last outlaw. Uh, Britt Baker versus Soraya. I don't think we have anything else to add. Right? No, we're, sucks, we're done here. Garbage. Britt's gonna get we, a hero's welcome as she should. And what I would I do hope with this, what I would do with this, is she beats her ass in five minutes, roll Soraya out of the ring, and figure out something to do with her in a couple more months. Like. They're not going to do that. Like, obviously, they're going to have a match here. But I, I think this has been – I'm honestly – I think it's that disastrous that I think you have to just say, hey, look, we need to we need to get back to the drawing board. you got to go away for a little bit. Or maybe you got to go away forever. I, 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 Are you on that level where you think it's this bad? Like, it's impossible to recover from? Because I think I'm there. No, well, look, this is the – this is when a baseball team signs a 33-year-old right fielder for five years – 120 million and he's hitting 180 in may and you have no choice but to play him because he's in the first year of a 120 million dollar contract so if you think soraya is just going to be moved down the card or or phased out or something i don't think that's going to happen because she's obviously making a shit ton of money and if you listen to tony now look tony's trying to sell a pay-per-view today i get it but the way he's talking she's not going anywhere and she's going to be featured prominently because She's obviously making a shit ton of money. So I don't know. I think we're stuck with her. Maybe she'll get it. Maybe she'll re- figure it out. She's from a wrestling family. You know, maybe she'll be like, ah, you know, this is a different place with a different feel. I don't know. But am I looking forward to this? Do I care about this? Uh, no. I mean, I mean, I care from the standpoint of I, I, it's going to be interesting to watch play out. Well, I just want Britt to go out there and just like have the performance of her lifetime. And, and this is a great opportunity for her to prove like, hey, look, this is why I'm where I'm at. And this is why this division is my division. And Like, I, I think it's a huge moment for her. like some people are like, oh, I can't wait to see if Soraya can prove that she can go in the ring or whatever. I mean, she couldn't. I mean, I, I, we're, I hate to do this, second, but like she wasn't that good five years, six years ago. She was good because everybody else was bad. You know, she never did a thing for me. She ever. was fine. I, in a, a Natalia used to be good too because everybody else was so bad, and then everybody got good, and then everybody's like, "Hey, Natalia's not that good." It's like she was never good. Everybody was just terrible. Now we have Sasha, and now you have Charlotte, and now you have Ronda, and you have all these people that come, and and they're all much better, and Becky, and they're all better, and Bailey, and they're all better than this. But like, yeah, we had to pretend there was a time where we had to pretend that that Paige and Emma was good, and it was fine for the time but it wasn't that good so I'm not that interested to see if she can still go because I don't think she can like I didn't know I don't think she could go seven years ago so I don't know that she can go now like to me I'm not interested in that I'm interested in how they 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 utilize Britt Baker here and what they do here because to me you got to solidify that no so no matter what Soraya says yeah so I can wrestle in the fucking Madison Square Garden and, and the fake Tokyo Dome or whatever she's saying but Britt Baker is this division and she is going to have to prove it on this night and that's that's what I'm looking for uh, more than anything is is is, is Britt Baker having the performance of her lifetime to try to make try to resurrect whatever the fuck this has been for the last month. Jade versus Nyla Rose, the old stealing the belt storyline. I don't know, whatever. 
Anything bad? <laughs> no, it's so bad. I yeah. don't know why I'm supposed to care. I like that Tony said, uh, I like how he threw it in the media call that, uh, that uh, yeah, Tony Schiavone's been giving me ideas. You know, in fact, the Jane Cargill La Rose match. Do you think that was, do you think that was Tony TK saying, hey, look, I know. This no, 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 no. Someone asked him if he's going to be book if he's going to keep booking ROH. And he said, yeah, I mean, I'm the booker. I'm going to remain the booker, but right, I get right. ideas. Then he went on to say, I get ideas from everyone, and sometimes I use them. And a good example of that is, you know, this this story was all Tony Schiavone. So, yeah. um, you know. I'd like it, to think that he was bar- he was saying, hey, Tony booked that story. That's I know that story sucks, but that's Tony's fault. <laughs> but, I know. I, think I know it's that's clear- not his story, but this story does suck. So it is Tony Schiavone's fault. I think t- it's a clear case of Tony Schiavone watching Toro Yano tapes from like 2011 when he would steal title belts. That's right. what it but is. Toro Yano is definitely more funny than Nyla Rose. So. Said uh, hey, we need to bring this. He's been he's been holding that one in the holster ever since you know because we know Schiavone <laughs> is locked in to the early oh 2010, early yeah New early Japan. 2015 uh, New he's, Japan uh, yeah of course Tony Schiavone's favorite. Uh, the four way for the ROH title: Jericho, Danielson, Casignoli, Guevara. I this is so this is WWE horseshit to me where. Can who's not who's going to get along? Who's not going to get along? I listen. Can I just have Chris Jericho versus somebody for this title? I don't need four guys. I don't need this. Will they? Won't they get along? I don't need this slamming you over the head with storytelling bullshit. I just I have no use for this. I'm not happy about it. Uh, maybe it'll be a good match. It might be a good match, but I feel like we're going to get a moment late in the match where Jericho wants Sammy to lay down for him, and Sammy's conflicted, and we do all the. I, it just isn't for me. I don't know. I'm sure it'll get a good reaction live, and I'm sure people will be into it. But um, I don't know. I I I I don't like it. No, I, there's going to be a lot of what 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 this match is going to be, and it doesn't need to. It's an ROH World Title match. It should just be Chris Jericho versus Claudio or something. You know what I mean? That's fine. And figure out something else for Brian Danielson to do. Maybe he faces Sammy, and the winner faces the winner of this match or whatever. That's fine. You know what I mean? Like, but what this is going to be is a lot of you know Claudio's going to have a pinfall, then Danielson's going to come over and break it up, and then Claudio's going to look at him like, "Hey, what did you break that up for?" And Danielson's going to say, "Ah, well, for the title." And then Jericho's going to do the same thing to Sammy Guevara, and then Sammy's going to say, "Hey, what's going on? Why why did you break that?" You know, it's going to be that. And I don't want that. I just want a wrestling, especially with the ROH World Title. Just make it a wrestling yeah. match. I I could I could see this on Backlash. I don't need this now. Yeah, roadblock under the know, line. This is roadblock under the line shit. We don't need that. You know, I just, I'm just not interested in that. Um, and you know what? I've had enough of Sammy. It's go away heat for me. I, I, I could do without You're Sammy. You're done with Guevara. Sammy. You're I'm over just, it. I, I could do without him. I'm over it. He could he probably just, use a bit of a break. Uh, you know, it's just um, he was so off-putting that they had to turn him heel. And now, even as a heel, I just this guy comes on the screen. And I'm going to say that thing, Rich. I'm going to say the thing. If it wasn't my job, I'd change the channel. He's the kind of guy where I would change the channel and put on a college basketball game and then flip over until Sammy's segment is over. I just have no use for him anymore. I'm tired of him. Um, does nothing for me. He's very – in fact, he, he just he's off-putting to me. I don't want to watch him. Um, Tony Storm versus Jamie Hayter. I'm looking forward to this. Um. I think it's going to be an excellent match. I'm curious where, where, where they go with the hater Britt Baker thing, which was another story they've been building forever, which was another thing derailed by Soraya. She comes in and that is just been totally put on ice and put on hold. So that's another negative in, in, in Soraya's column. Um, Khan did say today on the presser or the media call 
that they have considered stripping Thunder Rosa. And that was a great question. I think Will, Will, uh, the aforementioned Will Washington, uh, gave that promo or the promo <laughs> gave that question right. Yeah, and great, he great said question. that there was a lot of there was there was some bad questions on the Vita call this week. Which, by the way, uh, Patreon.com slash Voice of Wrestling. Uh, Flagship Patreon.com, VoiceOfWrestling.com, slash Patreon, however you want to get there. We have a, a full audio replay and a recap uh, done by you. But I thought half and half, like half really good questions and half like, hey, when are you going to run my town? <laughs> you know, questions which are just the worst. But uh, good question by Will, though. Good question by Will on that one. And he good, and good answer by Tony, too. So you say he's going to take these interim titles on a case-by-case basis and decide you know, whether they're going to do them, how long they're going to do them. I would just never do an interim title again. I mean, you know, I people know how I feel about that. I think it's just a complete waste of time. It's stupid. Um, but uh, so, you know, we'll see. Maybe maybe Tony knows that's what he's going to do, and maybe the winner of this match is going to be officially the champion, and he already knows that, but he can't say that because they want to do some big announcement or something. So, um, So we'll see. Because I feel like if that wasn't the plan, he just would have said that today. I feel like he just would have said, no, 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 she's the interim champ, and she's going to be the champ when she comes back. It was, he... uh, like I said, it was a very good answer. By you. There was a lot of, it's a, it's real easy to just dodge that question and just say, no, for right now, she's the interim champion, and we want Thunder yeah. Rosa to be yeah. able to defend her title. He didn't say that. <laughs> he went on for a little while. Uh, he said, was... I have considered stripping her, and I are, and I am still considering that option. Right, because he started off with, like, well, Thunder Rosa is a tremendous competitor, and she deserves to... Because he started off with the basic answer. But then as he kept going and going and going and going, eventually you end up with, you know, I have considered potentially stripping her of the title. So No, he flat out said that. He yeah. said, yeah, well, that's what I I'm saying. To... Like, I, I think that... I, and that's why I think that it's probably more of a reality than a lot of people yeah. know right now. Is it, The fact that he got there in his answer tells me that that's something that's been considered and talked about. Just stripper. Just and who cares? And who cares about Thunder? It's fine. You know what I mean? It's fine. It screws up the lineage of these titles and everything else. It's just a mess. Just get rid of these dopey interim titles. They serve no purpose. Uh, Just give these people title shots when they come back. Look, you just did it with the Bucks, right? You just stripped them, and now they're getting a title shot when they come back. That's all we never. We never lost a title. We got stripped. We want a chance at it. Okay, there you go. You didn't have fake champions running around. That triangle were the champions. Now they'll face the guys who got stripped. That's it. (laughs) I can't mute with this new mic. Uh Oh, it doesn't have a mute feature. Come on, Corsair. I had the mute on our. Uh... Oh, you did the call. You did the call mute. Yeah, that's a good way. To yeah, do it too. yeah. There you go. All right. I'm dying over here. Um, <laughs> you want me to go, or you ready to take it over? I breathed in a gnat or something. Like something's in my throat. Scorpion. Oh, Don't you have scorpions all over the place there? Mad. I had one in the house once. Yeah, but you can't breathe in a scorpion. They're on the ground. They're like you know, they're little. I feel like I breathed in a fucking fruit fly or something. <clears throat> something's in my throat all of a sudden. Anyway. Samoa Joe, Wardlaw, and Hobbs. <clears throat> I hate that it's a three-way. I hate these multi-man matches. I kind of forget. Um, I, I forget it's a three-way, too, because Samoa Joe's cutting his promo. And all of a sudden, Hobbs comes out. I'm like, what does Hobbs have to do with this? Get out of here, buddy. <laughs> like, who cares? And I'm like, oh, right, he's in the match. Yeah, right, right. In my brain, in my headcanon, I've created that it's just Samoa Joe versus Wardlow for this title. And that's probably the way it should go, or if you're not ready to do Joe yet. That's why I said this turn was so weird and so out of nowhere that it just kind of felt like we're shoehorning an extra guy in here. D- don't overthink this thing. Wardlow versus one of these guys is fine. Listen, the match is Joe and Wardlow. Right. 
Sorry, that's Hobbs. the match. Shit this one out. And I know Hobbs has been involved. He gets the winner on fucking dynamite or whatever the fuck. I just feel like. Well, he came out and I was just like, what are you doing here, dude? Get the hell out of here. And well, like, he's been part of it. I know I mean, he's been part, but like I, my brain, when he was on dynamite, I was like, I don't care about powerhouse Hobbs anymore. Get out of here. I want Wardlow versus Joe. I don't need you in this match. He feels like an unnecessary accessory to this match now. And that's, that's not the way it should have been. Like he wasn't, like you said, he was been involved in this, but at this point, I just want to see Wardlow versus Joe. I don't want to see Hobbs right. being involved in this too. And it's going to be the same thing. War- Smojo's going to have a pinfall and Hobbs is going to knock him off and they're going to look at each other and shove each other. I don't want any of that shit. No more three ways. No more four <laughs> singles matches and tag matches. That's all I want. Yeah. I, I don't know. Maybe it's they feel like they have to get as many people on these pay-per-views as they can to keep everybody happy. And I don't know what it is. but Or maybe we're just grumpy and don't like these three and four ways. And these will be crowd-pleasing matches. I mean, that's entirely possible too. But I would much rather you do Joe versus Wardlow because that's the match. That feels like the hottest match of the possible matches you can make here. If you want to have Hobbs watching from the shadows with his arms folded, waiting for the winner, I don't have a problem with that. But um, I'm over these multi-man matches. I'm just over it. Uh, the acclaimed versus Swerve in our glory. Hopefully that'll be the blow-off to whatever is happening here. I, I got to be honest. I mean, I know the acclaimed are super over, and I, I get that. I-, I wouldn't mind going back to the other team here. But I think what they're going to do instead is finally do the breakup. Um, cause the acclaimed really are super hot right now, but I feel like the acclaimed are going to be super hot, whether they have the titles, or they don't have the titles. I'm over them as champions. It was cute. They won them. It got the huge pop, but I would like the titles to go back to being, uh, titles, you know, with great matches and, and I'm not into their shtick and I'm not going to knock it because it's over, right? It's over. So I'm not going to complain about it. People love it. I could take their stick or leave it. And I much prefer it lower on the card than I do towards the top of the card as title holders. But, you know, I, I feel like swerving our glory. It's probably time to finally just do that split also, but I would not be upset if they won the titles back. What do you think of this match? No, and I, I, and that's just what I was talking about a little bit earlier. I think they're planting the seeds for this to actually be a title switch. And what I think they're going to do, and, and, and again, this is just me kind of spitballing here, is because you had Swerve kind of working over Bowens' arm and Bowens is putting his arm in a sling or whatever, he, I think he's coming to this match. And again, I'm just recording this at 9.50 p.m. on November 17th, so if it's a real legit injury. I'm, re- I'm recording it before it's been announced or whatever, but I'm of the uh, assumption that it is a fake injury, that they're just kind of building it up. And I think what you do here is Keith Lee... You, you, what, you, Swerve doesn't care, obviously. Swerve is full-on heel... He's yeah. got it. Keith Lee is still the conflicted. Ah, I'm not quite sure. I think this is the moment where instead of breaking them up, you have Keith Lee go full heel. I'd be all for that. Where Swerve's just like hit his get, get his arm, like work on it, work on it, work on it. Keith's like, ah, you know, I feel bad. And Bowen's just screaming in pain and writhing in pain. And Swerve's like, fucking do it, like do it, man. Like they made fun of you. They called you fat. They did the video. Like fucking beat their asses up. Like they don't deserve your sympathy. They don't deserve to be nice to you. And then Keith Lee just says, you know what? Yeah, fuck these guys, and beats the hell out of them. And I think that'd be a great way to have Swerve and our glory win this match. You solidify the Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland team, which I think is good for right now. There's going to be a time very soon where Swerve can break off and do his own thing. I think now's a good time for them to win back these titles. Keith Lee gets a new edge. 
Uh, you beat the acclaim, but you beat them in a way that like it doesn't feel like they're dorks. They came in with Bowens having the hurt arm. Yeah, yeah. And Caster yeah. could be reaching over for the hot tag as much as he can or whatever, but Bowens just can't do it. And Bowens, you know, tries like hell. And then Keith Lee just gets vicious about it and starts throwing it into the post and doing this and doing it. I think that's so much of a better story than having Keith Lee and Sword break up right now. I, I just think there's a lot more potential in Swerve and Argoy as a team, and I think this is the way to to realize that a little bit more is have them win these titles and have Keith Lee have that just a little bit more of an edge when he's beating up Anthony Bowens and, and, and attacking that arm and doing whatever. I think that's the way to go with this. But I yeah, don't know. I, I, I like that idea. I, I would I would be happy if that's where they're going with this. And I think you might be right. I hadn't even thought of that, but it does make sense um, where they're kind of, no pun intended, swerving the audience here and Keith Lee ends up going heel as opposed to them breaking up. Um, yeah, I, I just, the acclaimed haven't reached the point where I'm annoyed by their presence yet, but I'm no fun lands and eventually they're going to annoy me. And I, you know, we're inching closer to that line where their presence is going to annoy me. Um, so I think this little title reign was cute and all, but it, I think it is time to move on, whether it's here or very soon. And they'll be just as over without the titles lower on the card. I mean, they'll still pop their quarter hours and I'm not saying get them off TV and de-push them. I just, uh, you know, I, I I've kind of had enough of this. I don't know. I, Anyway, let's move on. Um, Death Triangle and the Elite. Obviously, the Elite have to win this. I, you know, if, if I could bet a billion dollars on this, I would. Um, I don't know. It should be great, right? And Obviously the Elite are going to get yeah, yeah. It's going to be awesome. welcome and all that. The crowd's going to go nuts. Now, I now I, I my question for you is: Was there a better way to bring the Elite back than seven videos, a clock? And then a graphic coming up at the. Elite. I think the pay per view was the move. Get people to pay for the return. But yeah, I don't know. I don't really have an opinion. I'm on conflicted it. on it. Yeah, I, part of me thinks that like, I mean, people are gonna people that were gonna be excited are are excited no matter what. I think you probably could have kept this as a question mark, question mark, question mark team. And they come out, and then you get a pop that way. But you're gonna get a pop no matter what, so it's okay. You want to ultimately you want to sell pay per views, and yeah. I think this is probably the best way to do it. It, it I'm conflicted because it is, yes, it's Kenny Omega and the Bucks, and it's three of your biggest stars coming back after a, a pretty long hiatus. So there seems like there might have been some better way to do this, have them appear on a, on a Dynamite, have them appear somewhere. But ultimately, you want to sell pay-per-view buys. That, that's ultimately what you want to do is have an extra 50,000 people say, well, fuck, I want to watch the Elite come back. I'm buying this pay-per-view or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, that. that's what you want. That's the goal, ultimately, versus, you know, yeah, you can get an extra couple of people to watch a, a, a TV. Well, ultimately, that doesn't mean that much. So, you know, you want them to buy the pay-per-view. So I guess this is probably the best way. I don't know. It just feels it feels to me like there should have been something a little bit better to bring them back because it's such a big deal that they're back. But I'm saying that now, but, like, on Saturday, they're going to come out. They're going to get a fucking huge reaction, and then they're going to go blow the doors off and have, like, a match of the year contender match with these guys. And then who's going to care? You know what I mean? Like, it's, we're not going to care when that's done. So, no, I, I, I guess ultimately I'm fine with it. So, Pac and Phoenix finally split ways here, you think, or no? I don't know if now is the right time. I think they just lose. And maybe you can build them up where the, now when they're trying to get these titles back, they can't do it, and then that's when it starts to kind of break up or whatnot or because Pac is a heel again and yeah. the Lucha brothers are baby faces they they do tension a lot in AEW where like guys can be have yeah. tense moments for a long time before they for they ultimately break up but this has been going on for a couple months now so it seems like it's time to kind of shit or get off the pot with this so yeah, all I, the stuff with the hammer and, yeah and... it might be time to finally yeah what I wonder like they lose this match the elite wins 
And then maybe they go for a rematch, and ultimately, like, Phoenix doesn't use the hammer, and that's how they lose. And then Pac's just like, you know what? Fuck this shit. I don't need these guys anymore. That's probably that. I don't think you break up after this match, but I think you can start to really start building towards that after this. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I think the Elite obviously win. I, I can't envision a scenario where they lose. And that no, makes any yeah, no, or, I can't see that. Um, or, or, or you're telling any kind of story with that. I, I don't know. Um, but I, I know it'll be a great match in the main event where, you know, I still prefer my idea of MJF being a completely tortured soul who never gets the one thing that he ultimately wants. And that's a world title, which would cement, uh, this hunger he has inside this, uh, this thing that he needs to prove to himself and show the world that he is in fact the greatest wrestler in the world. I still prefer the story of him, you know, either it taking years to achieve that or never achieving that if he remains a heel his whole career. At the start of this, though, he felt so hot that it was like, well, I think they probably have to put the title on him. He's the hottest star in the company. He's the hottest person in the company. He's the biggest star in the company. Yeah. After that regal promo, and, I thought, like, this guy has to be the has to win. Yeah. Now maybe it'll feel like a missed opportunity if they don't put him on him. But now the match feels cold again. I don't know. Mox doesn't feel like a hot champion anymore. Okay. But this story doesn't feel as hot as it did. And I think the better long-term story is MJF losing. But then you have Ethan Page looming, who looks like he's going to win this tournament. And it just makes more sense for MJF to win the title and set up the match with Ethan Page. So so I don't... I feel like MJF's going to win. I mean, if I had to put money on it, I think I'd, I'd pick MJF here, even though I don't want him to win. I like it better if he just cannot achieve this thing. Right. And it eats away at his soul forever because he cannot achieve this thing. Because I feel like once he wins the title, his his arc is over. His story's over. Right. He's done it. He's he's reached the mountaintop. He He's proved, you know, because all of his promos have been about how he was, you know, people made fun of him because he was Jewish. And then people made fun of him because he, he wasn't good at this. And he wasn't good at being an athlete. And he wasn't good at being a wrestler. And, and, and Regal, Regal wouldn't hire him. And yeah. they big-timed him and stuff. And now he's fucking here. And now I'm the best guy in the world. And then when he wins it, it's just like, okay, he's the best guy in the world. Yeah, he proved everybody now wrong. What do we like, do? like he proved now what do we that, do? yeah, a yeah. Jewish kid you know, that, that nobody believed in, that nobody wanted to sign, signed with AEW and became the top star in that company and in professional wrestling. So it's like, all right, you know? Yeah. he lose, Yeah, you're right. He loses a lot of that. I, I think the best way to do this, I'm with you that Moxie feels like a cold champion and that it would be really, really cool. Um, I, I think, like, when MJF, when the time is right for MJF to win the title, it will be cool and it will be good. I just don't know if that time is right now. I think that time, I'm with you. I, I want him to be tortured a little bit more. I would love if he's got Moxley, you know, he... Moxie's got him on the ropes, and MJF puts that ring on, and you know Regal looks at him, and he's just like, "All right, I knew it. You were, I knew you were going to do it. Like, do it, go do it. I know, you, you know, I, I knew you couldn't do it on your own. I, you know, you, you cashed in the poker chip because I forced you to do it, but I knew ultimately you couldn't do it one on one. You can't beat John Moxley. And then, you know, MJF's got the ring on, and then he, he has a, 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 a crisis of, of, of conscience and, and puts the ring away. And then Moxley, you know, hits him with the, the Death Rider or whatever and pins him right there. And then it's like, yeah, you can go. Because you can get so many more legs on that. So many more legs. than if he just puts the ring away and then MJF just does, you know, whatever. And then he pins John Moxley and wins the title. It's just like, well, then you've told every story. Like, you're done with the MJF story. The, the, the arc is done. And I think there's a lot more uh, to still explore with that. So I'm with you. I think that's the right way. But 
man, with that said, like Moxley feels cold and it does feel like a decent time, but I just feel like we're getting a lot of the firm involved in this, and I don't know that I want the firm involved in this at all. Like I I hope that my finish is the way that they do it, more of the MJF is conflicted and, and not quite sure what he wants to do and if he wants to win the way that he's won a lot of his other matches or if he wants to win straight up versus like he's in the ring and then the firm come out and they beat up John Moxley and he pins him that way or whatever and it's all a ruse and oh, I was with the firm the whole time. Like I just don't want that story. I, ho- I hope that they're not doing that story because that, 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 that story the, that's sucks. The, that's the worst. Yeah, That'd that story fucking sucks. I, I paid them to beat me up. that's right because yeah especially we talked about it that week of like they beat him up so badly that week that it's like all right this now makes no that's tna that's tna shit right it's that's vince russo level garbage that you don't want yeah a guy beat me up and beat me up and beat me up and then at the pay-per-view he swiveled his hips and he hit the other guy with the chair and then we went it was a plan that stuff sucks and i do not think if they do that i i will i will bury it to no end on on saturday when we're doing our instant reaction live I think in a vacuum, the the right booking move would be to put the title on the hotter guy, which is MJF. But again, that's throwing away years of potential storylines and wrapping up this guy's arc when he's 24 years old. And I, I just, I don't, it's not what I would do. Um, you know, and, and, you know, what's interesting is he keeps alluding to CM Punk. You know, last night, as Jeff Hawkins, Shake Them Ropes, pointed out, the first line when he picked up the mic was the same line that Punk said to John Cena when he joined uh, Nexus. Then he did you know, the whole Kaiser Soze CM Punk line next. So he's like keeping that flame alive, right? A conspiracy theorist would say, if you want to have some fun with this, that... Everyone in that room for the brawl was office and an employee of the company. Christopher Daniels, Nakazawa, Brandon Cutler, obviously the elite VPs, Punk, who, you know, as I have hinted at publicly before anyone and hasn't been confirmed yet, said to possibly be office as part of his deal. The only people in that room who weren't part of the office or or employees of the company were the wife of someone who was part of the office right. and Larry and the dog who is <laughs> Larry the dog who we don't know. We cannot who... confirm or deny if he's office or not, but I, I assume he is not. Yeah. So, you know, if you want to put your conspiracy hat on, I would love to, but yeah, I don't know. But, <laughs> you know, and say that this is all an elaborate work. Now that would require working. <laughs> that would require working the locker room, which is a horrendous idea. Not a good idea. Yeah. That would require working the media, which in pro wrestling is usually not a good idea, but can sometimes be necessary. I think we could agree on that. But it would also require working corporate partners. It would require working, you know, so <laughs> in the midst of wanting a TV deal with a company that just lost $2.8 billion. So, right. So, you know, the idea that this is all an elaborate work is, is nothing more than you know, fun, wacky speculation. I love but it. What, I love it. I love it. It's so good. I mean, the, the, it'd be so for of And it's plausible if you don't think too hard about it. Right. And it is for pro wrestling, which is the dumbest fucking business on the planet. So of course. And, you know, but what about the possibility that they have worked something out with punk, that they did get all these guys in a room 
and figure it out. You know, and Punk's going to be gone anyway with the injury. Now, to me, it behooves MJF to continue making allusions to Punk because in pro wrestling, as you know, Rich, you never, ever say never. You just can't. So it makes sense for MJF to keep that flame barely alive, right, with the Punk stuff. Because there's always a possibility Punk comes back. There's a possibility you cross paths with Punk in another company. Five years from now, three years from now, 10 years from whatever the case. So MJF has a reason to keep this alive. But, but I don't put it at 0% that they could have worked something out. If, if you want to continue being a conspiracy theorist, one thing that Tony Khan has been consistent with all along from the start is that he doesn't work the media. But what he will do is if he's asked a question that requires him to lie with his answer, what does he do, Rich? He simply doesn't answer it. He does not lie to the media. He does not work to the media. And yeah, we've said he that does from, not day work one, media. from day and one. And you cannot yeah. give me an example of, right. of him lying to the media or working to the media. What he will do is no-sell you, ignore you, or simply not answer the question. Right, say, I can't, I can't so, speak on that or just... Dodge the question. Or just ignore you. Right. With if 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 the answer requires a lie or requires working you, he just won't answer you. What has his answer been to every single question regarding anything involved with CM Punk all out the investigation? I cannot comment on I that. I can't comment on it at this time. Which fits to a T how he treats anything where he's in a position where he'd have to lie if he gave you an answer. That listen again. I'm just having fun with this. Right, right, right. We're just, we're just, we're speculating here. Don't report any of this. We're just saying. I'm just having fun. Just saying. We're just saying. But I'm saying, if you wanted to lay the groundwork, he has not. Something. He has not done anything that with. He hasn't uttered the word CM Punk in a way that would be lying to the media since All Out. Correct. In fact, every single answer has been. I can't comment on that. I understand why you need to ask. Thank you for asking. As far today, the only thing he said was CM Punk was a positive on screen. I cannot comment on the rest. Thank you for asking, which was an interesting answer too. a positive on screen. But look, I'm not like, I'm not trying to say that this is plausible. I mean, the real reason he's probably not speaking about any of this or legalities and all those sorts of things. But um, where are all these lawsuits we were supposed to be seeing too? Where are all they? If you want to add more fuel to the fire, weren't we supposed to see a bunch of lawsuits, Rich? People suing each other, and castles, I know those things take time. And things of those natures, yeah, yeah like castle I, doctrines I, and whatnot. Yeah, you're right. If you wanted to have fun with speculating, this, speculating, don't report this. If you wanted to have fun with it, you could. But is it impossible that they work something out with the guy? I, I don't think it's impossible. I wrestling, man. It's it's. I wouldn't it, put it at zero percent. Yeah, you're working the the room while you're looking in the locker room. We think, right? We think. Do we know for a fact that that'd be working the locker room? Yeah, I mean, right? You know, just it'd be hard to just keep speculating that, here, just saying. It'd be hard to keep that many people quiet, but <laughs> right, right. Or in the dark or but again, if you're not lying to them, are you working them? If you simply aren't talking about something, does that count as a lie? Yeah, or if he shows up and you say, "Hey, look, you know what? We 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 sat everybody in a room and we we worked, we, it, we worked out. it out. We worked it out. I know it's going to be uncomfortable for a little bit, but we're we're just trying to make we're trying to do business here." So My point here is when MJF continually brings up CM Punk shit, you know, it's, it's on the nose. It's a little on the nose. And, and again, 
it benefits him to do that. Sure. That's shit. That's the match. Re- How much hotter would that match have felt if that was happening this weekend? Which would have been. It would have been CM Punk for MJF. Oh, yeah. You know, and and it would have been an infinitely hotter match, and and we'd have that story playing out. And you know, MJF was right when he said he just keeps something keeps stealing his thunder. You know, and and in this case, it was the the press conference that you know his big return should have been the big news, and it ended up being everything that happens. But this would be a much bigger match for Punk MJF, and um, look, I I, I still want to see that story eventually play out, and it may never. Yeah, but it's it'd a, be a shame, shame if we never really get that story. So much work went into it from from everyone, you know, from MJF to Punk to to Khan and everything else, and um, and that's ultimately why this this Moxley thing feels as cold as it does because this is the Punk story. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like the the Regal promo is a is an extension of the Punk story and the MJF Punk story, and MJF saying, "Hey, you let me down. You did this to me. You did that. You know, like it's all it's all part of it. It's all so." you're kind of shoehorning Mox into the story and it's like, yeah, know, he's just kind of Moxley, you know, <laughs> like MJF really doesn't have that any beef with John Moxley. He doesn't give a shit really. That doesn't, you know, he didn't do anything to him. He just has the championship and MJF wants the championship. That, that's all. It, and ultimately that's all you need. But like with MJF, you, you are able to tell so many more deeper stories with him that, you know, this thing will feel a little bit colder with a John Moxley than it would with a CM Punk because the CM Punk is just, you know, those two dudes cutting promos for a month, it wouldn't feel like this, like you're saying. It wouldn't feel cold as fuck. You think CM Punk's going to blow the go-home angle and the blow the, the, the go-home promo like Mox did? No, he's not. Of course not. Yeah. Someone in the room asked, but if MJF's night is not Saturday, when will it be? Who knows? He's tw- he's 25 years old. It could be any time <laughs> in the next right. 15 years. I mean, I, why, why does he have to win on Saturday? And I'm not saying he's not going to. But yeah, that, that's a thing that like modern fans and I'm not I'm not picking on that person who said it or whatever. But modern fans, right, are right, always, right. we get that every time we do a and a you know, a guy will win a title. Hangman Page wins the title. I do a and a Hey, who's Hangman Page going to lose his title to? I don't know. Like, let's enjoy it. Like, let's let it ride a little bit. Let's go along for the ride. Let's see. Well, it, the time will come and the moment will be right. And the right person will be there. And the right person that will beat him. will. if it's not it's not now for MJF, I, I don't know. Three years from now. He's 24, you know, like, and that's, I get it. It's a modern fan thing where it's like everybody gets a turn and it feels like it's his turn now, but we've always said this. MJF's idol is Roddy Piper. Roddy Piper never got his turn. Yeah. Never wanted his turn. And nobody thinks any lesser of him. He's right. Only dorks do. Only dorks who do like, hey, Roddy Piper never won the title. Like, uh, he's, you know, if you're doing a top 10 list of people that never won the title, hey, why did Roddy Piper not win? He didn't care. He didn't need a title. He was over as fuck without it, and 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 knew that, and knew that he could do it. So, yeah, that's I would say that. Like, you know, I guess you could have had him. I guess you could have had him switch it with Hogan, but why would you have fucked with Hogan at that time? Right. It wouldn't have made sense to to fuck around with with one of the hottest runs in the history of the business to that point by by switching a title. So they just never did it. And you know, if you want to go prior to that, it just never felt. He never felt like an NWA world champion. For that era, that wasn't who he was. No, no, especially watching that but, stuff. Yeah. You know, I, I went back and watched a ton of Mid Atlantic over the last you know year, and no, he always he, good, good part of Mid Atlantic, but never the dude you needed to give the title to. Not when you got the guys that you have on this show. He's he's not that guy. You know. You know the most surprising aspect of him never being a world champion is that WCW never did it when he was old. Yeah. 
Well, you didn't want to fuck with the Hogan run then. Same deal. Same deal with 1986. You did. You had. Yeah. You had Hulk Hogan on top, and the business was exploding. So you said, "Fuck it, we're good." Like, man. but I can't believe that Eric Bischoff or Vince Russo or one of them fuckers uh, at some point didn't say, "Ah, you know what? Let's put it on Piper this pay per view." So that'll get people's attention. What they did, and I just uh, it's going to be released by the time most of you guys listen to this. The Halloween Havoc 1997 uh, uh, recap is they had him like fake win the title. Do you remember that when he he yeah he, yeah. Hogan lost the match, but then they didn't tell you that it was a non-title match or whatever. And then he just carried around the title for like a couple of months. And they were just like, he's not the champion, but he carried around the title at least for the visual of him being the champion. And then ultimately he just lost. And then it just, you know, moved on. But no, they, you're right. They never did. And Russo in like 2000 didn't just say like, hey, let's just give him the title just because why not? Yeah, and that we'll was do it on night. We'll do it on Nitro and pop a number. Brother. Right, right. He'll like, lose it yeah. later this night, uh, you know, later the night. But we're gonna pop a number at least for one second. Yeah, no, right. Didn't do like, I, and I'm glad that never happened because it's 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 almost better that he was never a world champion. Oh, of course, in yeah. hindsight, you know, that's a better you know story of his career than if he had won it a couple of times, especially some garbage bullshit late stage WCW title reign. Um. You know, same for Scott Hall in that respect, which is, again, surprising that they never did that. But he probably would have lobbied against it because he would always say that wasn't his role. You know, that was always his answer to that. He's like, yeah. that wasn't my role to be, you know. But, um, yeah, so I don't know. I wouldn't, I wouldn't do it now. I like the long-term story better. But. I guess the logical pro wrestling move would be to do it now and put it on the hottest guy and your biggest star. But we'll see what direction they go. Hey, maybe, maybe Moxley wins. Ethan Page wins the tournament, and Ethan Page beats Moxley, and then MJF oh has to chase. God, has to chase Ethan Page. Uh, in the give the title to John. You're right, Joe. MJF should win the championship on yeah. Saturday. I agree. A lot of possibilities. Here. I am now with you that MJF should absolutely win the title on. Yeah. Uh, on. on uh, uh, <laughs> please. I just made you puke in your mouth uh, a little bit there. Yeah. Oh, boy. All right. Yes. <laughs> All ego. Ethan Page. There you go. He can, he can do a, a toy spotting. He can go buy toys with his AEW title with, around his waist. So, anyway. Uh, hey, by the way, Saturday night, we are going to be instant reaction live in, right? You down, uh, Joe? Yeah. Saturday night? Yes. You down? You doing yes, anything Saturday night? What you got going on? Yeah. Sweet. Nothing. Cool. I don't have anything going on either. Let's do Instant Reaction Live for AEW Full Gear. We'll be live uh, immediately following the show on Saturday. Again, it is on Saturday. Don't be like John Moxley and think it's on Sunday. It's on Saturday. Uh, AEW Full Gear. Uh, we will be live immediately following the show. Instant Reaction Live. $10 tier. Flagship Patreon.com. Uh, Patreon.com slash Voices of Wrestling. Voices of Wrestling.com uh, slash Patreon. Among our most listened to shows, every single uh, pay-per-view cycle, uh, AEW shows just go nuts. I mean, the, the no dope chat room is filled with people. Uh, they always get the, they always pop huge numbers in terms of overall viewers. So people get really excited about these, and we're really excited to do them too. So uh, this Saturday, Instagram Live, AEW Full Gear, uh, immediately following the show, FlagshipPatreon.com, ten dollar tier to get on there. So you want you want to break you want to break down Georgetown Loyola Marymount. That night, too? Uh, you want to break down Georgetown Northwestern, Joe? I watched a little bit of that game. I could break that down. I watched the whole game. Yeah, what sure. happened? Well, they played well in the first half and went into the half with why, a lead. Why, no, no, no. Get, get to the point. Why Why did the Georgetown Hoyas, the legacy yeah. school of the George, lose to my Chicago's, quote-unquote, sorry, <clears throat> quote, Chicago's Big Ten team, the Northwestern Wildcats? How did that happen? Well, the same things that have plagued 
Georgetown the entire Patrick Ewing era, which is a, which to me points to Ewing's coaching rather than the uh, rotating cast of players that he brings in. They cannot defend the three-point shot and have been horrendous at defending the three-point shot for his entire tenure. And turnovers, sloppy ball handling on the offensive end, and a complete inability to guard the three-point shot. And Northwestern is a very good three-point three-point shooting team. So nightmare matchup from that standpoint, and it came back to bite him in the second half. So uh, that's why Northwestern in a coin flip game uh, came away with the win on the road. Chris Collins leading his uh, the upstarts Wildcats against the yeah that's uh how many here I'm not looking at it if Northwestern hit less than fifteen threes in that game I would be stunned they were fourteen for thirty three from three point range that's about forty two and a half percent and and you know most of that came in the second half that's what always plagues these these Ewing teams. Uh, you know, they, they never guard the three. It, it's it's infuriating. So uh, there's your answer. <laughs> well, there you go. So uh, Northwestern Big Six. Yeah, we can we can break down what Loyola Marymount. Uh, Hank Gathers. Yeah, we got, the, we got Loyola yeah. Marymount coming. Hank to Gathers is going to be there, I'm sure, right? Um, yeah, yeah. We're off to a 2 and one start. Listen, we lost 21 games in a row last year. <laughs> Bo Kimball, so, Hank Gathers. You know. Yeah, well, I don't know. Paul Westhead will be there. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I don't. I don't think Hank Gathers will be there. He's a. He, I think yeah. all those guys are dead. Right? Uh, no, so. no, no. Bo Kimball's still alive. How dare you? No, just Hank Gathers is, is dead. Uh, Paul. Ooh, Paul Westhead. I think Paul Westhead's still alive. Yeah, I don't think he's dead either. Yeah, yeah. Only one of them is dead. I think only uh, only Hank Gathers is dead. Yeah. Good thirty for thirty. Well, by the way, did you ever watch that one? The that guru, won't be who's coming to town. The guru of Go. Yeah, of course. Yeah, it's a good one. Anyway. <laughs> I remember that team vividly. I was probably about 10 years old, but um, what are we doing? Why are we talking about Loyola Marymount? Because I don't want to talk about Tyrus. I don't want to talk about Hard Times 3. We've almost done it. We went two hours and 30 minutes. We talked about TVs. We talked about refrigerators. We've talked about Full Gear and Dynamite, and we still have a fucking half hour left to go. So, God damn it, let's do it. NWA Hard Times. I mean, did you enjoy the pay-per-view? Uh, I didn't. Okay, here's. I didn't not enjoy it, but I also didn't enjoy it. Does, does that make sense? Like they've had bad pay per views. Whatever that last one was was bad, and I was like, Joe, I don't want to watch these NWA pay per views anymore. I can't say this one was bad, but it was at no time good, and it was not. I was I was bored watching it, but it wasn't a boring show. Does that? Do, am I making any sense whatsoever? I was bored watching it and thought it was a boring show. Okay, so you're on the right track. Right, you know what I mean. Like, but I like I didn't hate my life when it was done, but I was just like, I'll never, ever, ever remember this show again. I will never think about the show ever again. I will never remember the show ever again. It happened. It's over. And my we'll we'll talk about it here, and then I'll never think about it ever again after this. Yeah, I mean, they put the title on Tyrus, and you know, it'd be really easy to come on here and just completely bury that decision and say all the shit that everybody else is saying. The one thing I'll say about it, they told a long-term story. I mean, you can't knock them for that. You know, you had Tyrus, television champion all that time, comes up short on the last pay-per-view, flips tables, gets angry, decides to turn in his television title for one last crack at this thing, and then he gets the job done and wins it. Now, do I want to see Tyrus as the, as the NWA world champion? No. 
Do I think Tyrus is any good? No, I think he's horrendous and one of the worst major league pro wrestlers, uh, you know, going today. Blown up in a two uh, minutes on this this night, too. Just, like, hanging, completely blown up. hanging on the ropes. Like, there's blown up, and then there's, like, can barely withstand, like, barely stand. I mean, he couldn't stand. The guy was holding himself up on the ropes. Uh, it's bad. Three minutes it's- into a match with Matt Cardona and, <laughs> and Trevor Murdoch. It's not like he's not in there with A.R. Fox and fucking top flight. You know what I mean? Like, that'd be tough to stick with. Yes, I would probably get blown up trying to follow Darius Martin around the ring. You're in there with Matt Cardona and Trevor Murdoch. Not exactly, you know, work rate, you know, sensations here. And he can't go. He's sitting in the corner. <sighs> you could see the air going in and out of his body. You're like, oh, my God. It's five minutes into the match, dude. Like, yeah, Listen. It, it, it's he's awful. He is not that. I said it last week. He's not that far off from 1989. Andre, the giant. Do you see what I'm talking yeah, about? He's hanging on the ropes. Yeah, he couldn't stand. He had to hang on the ropes the whole time. He's in horrendous physical condition. He's over 40, which those two combinations aren't good. I'm not trying to be mean. It's just not a good combination. And um, he's not even in good, con- good condition for a big guy. Like he's, you know what I mean? Like some big guys, there, look, look at Vader. There were periods of his career where he was not in good condition for a big guy. And there were other periods of his career where he was a big guy, but he was clearly in good condition. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, this is a big guy who's always going to be a big guy. Tyrus is never going to not be a big guy, but he's in horrible condition. There's no cardio. He's sloppy looking, and it's a mess. He's not that far off. From 1989, Andre the Giant. And it's, it look, and again, I'm not endorsing him as champion. I'm not endorsing the story they told because I think it stinks. But they told the story here. It's not for me. They think it's for someone, though. They think Tyrus is gutsy climb to the top here and risking it all. And giving up that television title and getting a second chance. Hey, he's a babyface, by the way. For people that aren't watching he's the NWA, he's he <laughs> yes. he is. <laughs> the idea is that this man has has sacrificed and worked his way and worked his way and worked his way and, and and busted his ass and now he's here. And they did a champagne bath and all that stuff afterwards. Like he is considered the good guy in this story. As strange as that might be for some people to believe. Well, Rich, I regret to inform you that I watched Power this week. Oh, <laughs> God. And he came out with his heel entourage, and he's once again healing it. Oh, all right. Well, nevertheless. (laughs) Oh, well, nevertheless. Yeah. yeah. Um, (laughs) Well, they don't know what to do with Trevor Murdoch either. Remember, he was like a face, and then one day he was just a heel. Like, mid-match, he became a heel that one time. Remember? Yeah, yeah. It was like, ah, Trevor Murdoch, he's the fighting champion. And he was just like, the fans. And it's like, oh, all right. (laughs) This is what Nick Aldis is talking about. (laughs) Nevertheless. All right. (laughs) When he says the promotion has become an embarrassment because it's just the booking is all over the place. And, you know, I watched that whole interview with Sam Roberts. It was, you know, it was very, Nick Aldis came off very well. Um, You know, I thought Corgan defending himself the week before, I I couldn't really disagree with a lot of the things Corgan was saying in defending himself. And I thought Aldis came across well on the Sam Roberts interview. It's not like you have to take a side and then just spin it in that side. Like, I thought both of them made valid points. And one of the other things that Aldis had to say was he's like, look, Billy is just, and he said, he, he, the way he said it too, he's like, look, I'm not trying to be mean, but Billy's just not very good at this. <laughs> at booking pro wrestling. <laughs> I'm not trying to be mean, but this guy is it, bad at his job. Yeah, he's just, he's just not good at this. 
you know, and I thought, you know, and it's true, you know, and, and he, he, he said, look, like the gags, the gimp character and, you know, Danny deals and all this crap that I talk about all the time, like all this pointed all out, said it became embarrassing to be associated with this. He said, I thought to myself, if Harley race were alive today, how can I explain a lot of this stuff to Harley race? Ah, yeah. that this is what we're doing to the NWA. And he was like, look, I, I can't, I couldn't do it. I, you know, I wouldn't be able to do it. Um, so he explained his position very well. And, and look, if Nick Aldis had just quietly given that notice and left in January, I wouldn't have buried him at all last week. But you can't publicly bury the company and then play the, the, the babe in the woods routine when they suspend you. You can't do that. Okay, that was my point last week. Um, and that's what he tried to pull. He buries the company. He buries his boss. He says the company's an embarrassment and it sucks. And then when he gets suspended, he goes, oh, I wanted to do right by the fans. No, you didn't. If you wanted to do right by the fans, you would have quietly given your notice. You wouldn't have said anything, and you would have went to work on uh, last weekend. And you would have quietly worked out your notice and done, done, and done jobs for whoever you were asked to job for, and you would have done business the right way and left, and, left uh, you know, and done business on the way out. But you didn't. You buried everybody and then acted like you were offended that they had suspended you. But he came across very well with Sam Roberts. And he made a, a bunch of great points because um, the company has become an embarrassment. And it's not really so much Tyrus. I like, like th- it's the rest of it for me, honestly. And again, I'm not endorsing putting the title on Tyrus. No, I'm, I'm with you. Yeah, if people think Tyrus is the issue with this company, they're they're not watching this. It, it, it's it's a top-down issue. It, it's all bad. <laughs> it's, you know, it's all a problem. I, I mean, honestly, Tyrus is like the one well-booked story they had going yeah, on. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Is Even like, though the story's not for me, and I think The story stinks. of him working his way up the card and achieving his dream of being the NWA champion, nobody wants it, but it's... A, they've told it in a it, like in a vacuum it's a good story it's just with a guy that nobody wants it, literally no and we talked about that weeks ago we talked about the last time we previewed the nwa they have this thing in their mind where tyrus sells books and he's on fox news and him being there with our title is going to help but do any of those people that are also buying collective coins and buffalo nickels on the the fucking call lines or whatever that that are, are advertising on fox news how many of those people are are tripping over themselves to get on fight to watch NWA pay-per-views. You know how what I mean? Like, bought, how many bought a ticket to this half-empty building? This that's week? what I'm saying. Like, so I, I get, like, in a vacuum, I get their idea. Hey, this guy is popular. He sells books. He's on Fox News. Okay, great. How many of those people are you converting into, into NWA watchers? I don't see evidence that they're converting. Right. Nothing <laughs> has pointed that direction. No, nothing has told you that those people are converting. So right. ultimately, all you're doing is getting the people that do actually watch wrestling going, not only... It, Let's take out his his views on stuff or whatever. He's just a fucking terrible wrestler. Even if you even if you only watch professional wrestling and didn't give a shit about Fox News and didn't give a shit about what he was saying and any of that sort of stuff, if you only knew him as Tyrus the wrestler, the former Brodus Clay, he fucking sucks. Like you know what I mean? Like it's it's he's not good at wrestling and it's the NWA title. So I, I, again, I get where they're coming from, but I also think they're really 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 dumb about the way they're going about this and it's to support Nick Aldis's point. It's just like I don't not the guy, not the guy that I'd be building my company around. I thought when they had him in like the TV champion stuff was like fine. You know what I mean? If you want to have your title on one of his show on one of those shows, fine. But to build the entire company around him and then to go out and publicly be like, hey, that's good wrestling and compare him to Brock Lesnar. Like, what are you doing, Billy? Yeah. <laughs> Add I, Billy, like, man. Like, reel it in a little bit, pal. Come on. I don't buy for a second that 
Now, now I get the idea on paper of this guy can get you more visibility outside of wrestling than anybody else on your roster. It makes sense on its face. Like I sells a ton of books. He's on Fox News, yada, yada, yada. But I don't buy for a second that he's that that it's working. That's the thing. And he's so horrendous, you know, bell to bell that like you're saying, then it hurts you with wrestling fans. So you're not drawing in non-wrestling fans. You're not drawing in whoever Tyrus's non-wrestling fan base is. There's no evidence of that. And you're running off wrestling fans all in one fell swoop with this. I mean, unless they've got some internal, look, the building wasn't full. Okay. Um, Maybe we'll find out that they did, they did some kind of massive, you know, buy rate with the fight. I, I just have, I don't, I, I don't see Nothing it. Nothing points in that direction. Nothing points. Nothing points in that, points in that yeah. direction. Yeah. I mean, whatever little ground they made up, you know, maybe if they convince it, let, let's, for the sake of argument, if they've created some new fans because Tyrus is, is on Fox News all the time. What about all the wrestling fans that now aren't buying the NWA <laughs> right, shows anymore? Or no longer watching. So. Because it's because Tyrus stinks. Or because they don't like his politics or whatever the fuck. You know, and and so I, I, I can't see on the whole or on balance that this is helping them. Um in fact, I think it's more than likely hurting them and hurting their reputation. And honestly, all this stayed away from that. He never brought up Tyrus, he never brought up the direction of the world title. His issues are, are, are don't have anything to do with that, at least publicly. At least we had to say on that interview. It was all just how the company is ran and, and the overall booking and how poor it is and how embarrassing some of the angles and characters are. And, you know, him being, you know, political stuff, him being, you know, uh, he says Billy accused him of lobbying to get the title back when he says he never did such a thing and just all kinds of wrestling drama bullshit. But he never once said part of this is because Tyrus is the world champion. Like he, he, he stayed away from burying a lot of the talent there and yeah. more is just like, Billy doesn't know what he's doing. And yeah. you know, that's, that's kind of where his focus was in most of those interviews, which, you know, yeah. I, I can't ultimately argue with him too much after watching a show like this. So yeah, the show's bad, even independent of Tyrus. It's, this is not simply a Tyrus problem. I mean, you remove Tyrus from the equation. This is still just a really bad show. Um, and it doesn't have to be. It, it, it's a good it roster. Not, it, and, and it, It's a better roster than people think. It absolutely is. And there's a lot of talent on here. It's just a lot of it's done in weird ways. There's way too many matches on these pay-per-views. Um, there's a lot of... The problem is you'll like you'll have a match like Homicide and Kerry Morton, which is fine, and you're like, all right, you know that was just a good pro wrestling match. You know what I mean? That that did not that match didn't feel out of place on like a 1984 Mid Atlantic show. You know what I mean? Like that, perfectly fine. Yes, Homicide's a little, you know, maybe you wouldn't see Homicide himself on a night, but you know what I mean? The, the style of the match, the idea of the match, or whatever. And then you had Odinson versus Thrill Billy Silas, and it's like, oh my god, what are we doing here? Like, you know. And then you have Scion and the question mark, and it's just it it ebbs and flows so much from like decent enough pro wrestling to then whatever the fuck Tom Latimer and EC3 is, and whatever. Oh, what was that? Oh my god, it's still going on, by the way. Yeah, I mean, I couldn't even tell you what they were going for with that um so yeah just it's not a good show i mean <laughs> yeah, yeah I, it, I don't regret watching it but i don't 
like that I watched it. Does that make sense? I don't know. That's where the NWA's at, man. Like, it's it's fine, but I hate it. You know, it, it's okay, but it sucks. I, I don't know. If you, you watch know, it, know, you like would understand. If you watch it, you'd understand. How about the idea that I'm looking at cage match right now, and two people have bothered to rate the show. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> so that tells me again. I don't know if the Fox News people are, are, are in droves now. That, yeah, the it tells NWA, you that res- yeah. yeah, wrestling fans just don't aren't watching this shit. You know, that's who you've run off. And if you go back to um, always ready, you know, well, still only 10 people. I mean, but this is all the Tyrus era. So, you know, it, it's. Yeah, man, I'm going back a little further. It seems to be the interest is declining rather quickly in total in total numbers. I mean, because you know, wrestling fans, there's nothing here for for wrestling fans. You know, this idea that people want to watch the 400 pound Tyrus and the 320 pound Trevor Murdoch, and does he really weigh 320 anyway? That's kind of an exaggeration, and and. Billy trying to sell that as some kind of spectacle. <laughs> can, I, can I give this quote? Can I give this unhinged yeah. Billy quote? Okay, so he was on the Stories with Briscoe and Bradshaw podcast. Hey, how's that one, Joe? I haven't listened to that one yet. I don't. You know, you listen to I, old John Brad, old old Justin Hawk Bradshaw and and, and Gerald Briscoe. Maybe it's good. I don't know. It, you know, it has the possibility of being good, but I'm sure it sucks. Uh, anyway, Stories with Briscoe and Bradshaw. Both men have us blocked, by the way, on Twitter. So. As the app, as the app appears to be on its deathbed, uh, both yeah. men have us blocked. Uh, Bradshaw probably because we just said he sucked a bunch of times, uh, and Briscoe because we made fun of his son for being bad at the figure four. Even well, anyone who mentions Wes Briscoe, gets blocked. <laughs> it's true. It is true. You just mention Wes Briscoe, he blocks you. Yes. So, and we mentioned him a lot. Uh, <laughs> when he was the master of the figure four, and he was yeah bad at the figure four. Uh, he was not the master of anything. Anyway. Um, All right, so quotes. This is Billy on the Stories with Briscoe and Bradshaw podcast. Uh, Well, first of all, and it's been very hard for the general wrestling community to understand, is to me the NWA is a mainstream product. I want to bring back a traditional mainstream product to television, national television, or international television. It's not complicated. In terms of the vibe, I like that old shooter vibe. I want you to watch people who you believe can beat your ass. That's it. And I want the toughest to win, and I want the toughest to feel like they're the stars of our company. And it's interesting because as I pivoted to that over the last 18 months and really built the company around the toughest people, not always the biggest, but the toughest people, I really see how it's starting to click. In essence, I finally connected that passion that I had for Bruiser Brody when I was a kid to the modern version of the NWA. Oh, my God. Uh, A lot of people in the wrestling community, and I know it's a deeply debated topic, you know, they like what's going on with the, I call it, eight-star Meltzer matches wank motion and all that other stuff and I like that stuff too but if we're just talking business just straight business not fan stuff I still believe in Brock Lesnar versus Bobby Lashley and in this the main event of Hard Times 3 Matt Cardona who's recast himself on the independent scene as the star that he is versus Tyrus who's you know 6'8 375 pounds versus Trevor Murdoch who's 6'3 and another 350 I want to see that match if you want to see stuff like that don't watch the NWA because that's what I'm going to give you. More and more of that as we climb, and I'm kind of able to develop younger talent in the mold of the NWA. We will be the toughest, hardest-hitting wrestling promotion in the world. I know there's the strong style in Japan, but to me, that's a different psychology. It's hard to explain. I don't mean it disrespectfully. It's just a different psychology. 
I mean, I kind of see what he's going for, but he has to understand how bad Tyrus is. <laughs> right. he, he can't he can't watch that man perform and think that he's watching Bruiser Brody at his peak in any way, shape, or form. Aura. I mean, Tyrus doesn't have that aura. I mean, literally, the only thing he has is size. He's 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 woefully unathletic. He doesn't have good matches. He struggles to perform. He doesn't have a dangerous aura about him. So, if he wants to try that, go ahead. But he needs some different pieces. He don't have the right, you know. We're just gonna talk ourselves in the circles. It's not gonna work. It, it you know it, it, that that crowd. People buying his books, I don't think they want to watch him wrestle. They want to hear him talk about politics. They don't want to they don't want to hear him. They don't want to watch him do his other side project, which is wrestle for the NWA twice a month. They're not interested in that. So I don't know. I what do people want us to say about this show? It stunk. And um I mean, did you like anything on the show? I thought... Um... <sighs> Let me run down what I liked on this show. It'll be quick. Uh, David Richards, Colby Carino. Enjoyed. Yeah, it was good. Wasn't long, but but good. Uh, I mentioned Homicide and Kerry Morton, which, again, wasn't good, but I thought was right. a solid wrestling match. And again, listen, I'll give them credit. They told another good long-term story there. I mean, it was the same story as the Tyra story where Morton came up short you know, the first time and now he's getting another crack at it and he finally beats this guy who was disrespecting his father, attacked him again in this match and Morton finally wins. They've done a good job with Kerry Morton. Absolutely. Um, I like Pretty Empowered. I know you don't, but I, I like the gimmick. I like the story of them. They're fine. Uh, their match against with Maddie and Missa Kate was not, uh, <laughs> not a barn burner, but uh, I like... The pretty empowered uh, gimmick. I, I like the team. I still like Camille. I like the the aura of Camille. Uh, this match was not good. It also featured Chelsea Green and Kylan King. Uh, that wasn't great. And uh, so yeah, there you go. So I watched the three hour show. It was the least, I thought it was the least interesting Camille match in a long time. Yes, it, 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 to me, I was. The result was, hey, Camille is still pretty damn great. And she's probably the person you should build this company around. And, and they really, I mean, they're building their women's division around her, but she's still great. And I think that they've done a lot good with her, but this was not a good, I mean, Chelsea green is, is horrendous. Have fun with her, Paul. Add it to the, add it to the infinity stone, uh, Paul. There you go. Great job. And then Kylan King is, is fine. I don't know. People work themselves into a shoot about Kylan King. It's fine. You know? Yeah. She, it's it. She's fine. Um, you know, it's, you know, the, these AEW freakazoids. Anybody that works AEW, all <laughs> right, of a sudden is, you, know, that, you know how that goes. Um, I saw some people saying Hawks Ari should have won the tag titles, you know, in their hometown and everything. And I guess, yeah, oh yeah, 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 I, I could buy that. I guess I just, I just think they're dry and boring. That team, I don't know, they don't do anything for me. Um, but it's not like this is loaded with you know great tag teams, <laughs> right? It's any really any any choice you make is is probably fine because yeah. You know, the, the Lob Rebellion team has had the titles for a long time, and they're probably the best team in the company. But I, I could see that argument that maybe they should have won. They put the titles on all of, you know, Tyrus's crew. Scion beat Dak Draper and kept the national title. And um, Clearwater won 
the television title. So they all came out this week on TV and, you know, they've all got gold. And, you know, they came out with Austin Idol and Sion with his title and Clearwater with his title and Tyrus with his gold. And so that's the story now. You know, you've got this heel group because I guess Tyrus is a heel this week. We'll see about next week. And, you know, they've got all. (laughs) It's like Cody always says. It's very fluid in this company. You never know. So, yeah. And they've got all all the gold. And, you know, that's. uh, And and the TV was only like 35 minutes this week, too, which was. (laughs) I don't know what's going on there. And, you know, Clearwater defended the television title against Mims became the number one contender over the pay-per-view weekend. (laughs) They went to the the 605 time limit. Um (laughs) <laughs> this this Kratos Aaron Stevens feud is the shits. I mean, it's just <laughs> Great. it's so bad. This company is so weird. <laughs> um, Aaron Stevens. Oh my god! And Aaron Stevens stealing my gimmick. Mispronounce. He calls him Kratos. <laughs> I know he's pretty. Yeah, he was, he's really stealing your gimmick. You know, so I don't. I don't like that. He must be a listener. Um. Uh, you you were correct that uh, question mark number two. How was how, what a what an asshole tease this was. Did they did they rev- did they fix this on power? They had question mark wo- uh, one versus question mark two. Question mark yeah. one beat que- or no sorry question mark two. I forget which one's Rodney Mac. One one question mark one. <laughs> it was Rodney Mac. They had him unmask and then they were doing a big hole like oh we're not gonna unmask we're gonna leave or whatever and then they're like no 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 you got to unmask. Then he takes his mask off, and then they put the towel over his head, and then he just runs to the back. And I'm like, fuck you, <laughs> you fucking assholes. Yeah, they didn't even unmask the guy. I mean, we all know it's Rodney back, but it's yeah. the pay-per-view. Unmask him. God damn it. Did they resolve nah. that on power or no? No. They <sighs> didn't. It was a 30-minute show, and they didn't, you didn't know. Time. Didn't have time. Yeah. There was a Tyrus promo, and Odinson beat Ryan Davidson, and then they did the Real? six old. Joe, you talked about the reaction MJF got coming out. Yeah, can we talk about the uh, the reaction Thrill Billy Silas got? <laughs> yeah, why even? Because <laughs> yeah, Odinson cuts this promo because obviously Nick Aldis couldn't be there. So on this hard times, yeah. Odinson's like, "I'll face anybody in the back, anybody who wants to face me or whatever." And then yeah. they're like, "All right," and then it's like, "Doom, doom, doom, doom." And some music plays, and then this guy comes out and Joe Gallagher goes, "That's Thrill Billy Silas. That's Thrill Billy Silas." And it's like, yeah, who? <laughs> who? No one cares. <laughs> Nobody in the building. Everyone in the building is like, "What the fuck is this guy?" Like, and then he wins. Up, and then he beat him. Then he wins. But they build it up where, like, you think you're getting a big surprise, like somebody that, like, yeah. Because Owenson's like, ah, there's a, that other guy ran away, but I'll face anybody in the back or whatever, anybody in the wrestling world that wants to face me. And it's thrill billy silas so it's yeah. like all right well that's... no one cared then he wins <laughs> and then odinson wins on tv this week why not have him win at the pay-per-view and if he's gonna uh, win it it's week? just the new sh- it's it they have strong style in japan joe but this is different this is something <laughs> yeah different, right? yeah know? it's different very different i um, do i do enjoy in that quote he just says don't watch my television anymore at the end he says yeah if you don't want to see stuff like that don't watch the new way because that's what i'm gonna give you well well, Billy, well, a lot of people are not watching your show anymore. All right, anything else on the NWA that we can uh, touch on or no? I mean, I heard they had a good show with Wildcat the next night. I'm trying here, If, they just, take the roster, I'm, I'm if trying. they just take the roster and have wrestling shows, I'm sure they'd be okay. 
I'm trying. No, no there's nothing much good to say. I mean, it's just uh, I, I lived through Resistance Pro when, when he kind of slowly but surely took that company over. Yeah, we, we've had we had discussions with the, the Booker Resistance Pro as that was kind of happening, and um, you know, you could sense in the interviews we had, that's that's way early flagship stuff. That's like yeah, ten yeah. years ago or whatever. But you could sense as things were going on, he was kind of losing grip with what, and, and it feels like that's exactly what happened here. Little by little, Billy kind of takes over, and you know he's he's got the money, so it's like, well, I mean, ultimately you can't tell him no because he could just say, well, okay, then pay for this company on your own, and they all go, okay, well, I mean, you know, you know, I can't do that. So, and then he just kind of he puts it in his mold, which is fine. Like the guy has a passion for pro wrestling; he obviously does. He, he, he loves pro wrestling. He bought the Houston tapes. He you know bought all the Chicago tapes. He has all this stuff, and he has a passion for wrestling, and that's great, and that's awesome. But uh, ultimately, I don't know if he understands what the general public wants out of the wrestling, and that that is always going to be the barrier. Because I saw it happen with Resistance Pro as that was going out of business, and we saw it a little bit happen with Impact as well. Remember when he had his run in Impact, and now we're, we're kind of here with the NWA where it's just like, yeah, I mean, I... I love that he's willing to, you know, spend money on wrestling and keep wrestling promotions alive and keep the NWA alive. But yeah, there's just a lot of just weirdness, and it's just not. I don't know who it's for. I just don't know who it's for. I don't know who the NWA is for. You know, this promotion drew something like 2,500 fans to the Nashville Fairgrounds once for Cody and Nick Aldis, which, according to Aldis, was the highest gate in the history of that building which has held a lot of pro wrestling. Um, you know, they, they would routinely draw four-figure crowds in in the early days. Just two years ago, when they did the first anniversary gimmick in St. Louis, they drew three crowds of about 900 fans each. Um, you know, it, it, it's it's not like there wasn't room for a promotion of this size to exist in the ecosystem and do, you know good business for their level. I mean, cause they, they, they proved that they could, but, um, you know, this building was half empty. They corralled everybody to the hard camera early in the show to make they, up they for did it. Like they did like long um, shots too of the building, which is like, I don't guys they had a do couple that. hundred people there. I mean, that, that, that pop-up show headlined by all this first James storm, which had the David Arquette, Josephus hair match deal in 2019. Drew that seems like over, nine years ago that you're describing it. I know it's not, but it feels like nine years ago. That drew over eleven hundred. <laughs> excuse me. That drew over eleven hundred fans. The seventieth anniversary show, which was the one I talked about, the Nashville Fairgrounds. Cody Nick Aldis, you know, set a gate record for for that building. Um, the Crockett Cup show in North Carolina and Concord, North Carolina, and that little building that uh, New Japan runs. With uh, Aldis and Marty Skrull on top, and the and the Crockett Cup tournament drew thirteen hundred fans. Uh, this, you know, this is what twenty nineteen ish that we're talking. You know, and then they had a bunch of pay per views in the little studio, which you know that at least gave them a unique look. And then the NWA seventy three, like I said, three straight nights of almost nine hundred fans, and ever since then, it's really been straight downhill. So, you know, there was a time where they could really draw crowds. Um, And, you know, it's just a terrible product that's terribly booked with, like Aldous said, embarrassing gimmicks, embarrassing storylines. And, um, you know, this is where they fall. And it doesn't take long in pro wrestling. And 
I don't think Corgan's going to give up the creative anytime soon. I mean, he believes in this vision. And for a lifelong wrestling fan, he just has a really shitty taste in wrestling. Maybe he's just trying to, maybe he thinks he's attempting to fill a niche that no one else is filling. And and that I think when you when you listen to that quote, I think he is like because he's saying, yeah, you got you know your Meltzer eight star matches thing or whatever, you know, you got it, it. He he thinks that hey, no one's doing big guys, no one's doing guys that look like they can kick your ass, no one's doing you know fat guys in main events or whatever, and and he's not wrong. There nobody is, and there there might be a niche for that, but I just don't think Tyrus is that niche. You know, maybe he knows. He, maybe he knows he can't compete yeah. with yeah. the AEWs and you know, and, and some of these other indies, and maybe he feels this is a niche that can be exploited. I mean, that might be the mindset here. But as you pointed out, this goes back years where this guy just has a really weird and shitty vision for pro wrestling and some wacky ideas. So there, there's no optimism to be had unless he gives up the book to somebody competent. Because I, I don't have any faith that he will ever produce produce a pro wrestling product that that I'm going to enjoy because <laughs> the track record's there and it's not good. But um, it, it's a shame because they really did have some decent momentum in 2019, 2020 when Power was filling. You know, it's funny because Power used to fill a niche. He's trying to fill a niche now, but Power used to. It was unique. And right, they had it. They had they had a niche that they were they were doing what he's saying they're trying to do now. Yeah, before, and it wasn't for everyone. And there were people who thought it was boring. There were people who thought it was corny and hokey. Remember? Yeah, and I but, think that was the niche: is boring, corny, hokey, mid eighties, old school studio wrestling. Yeah, early eighties, mid eighties studio wrestling. Which I enjoyed it for what it was. Yeah, you know, with the suit wearing cocky heel world champion. I enjoyed it for what it was. It filled an unfilled niche for me. I don't know what the fuck this shit, what niche, who this is satisfying. Right. Who's this for? Who, who, who's who is the it for? That that's the question. Down. Yeah. Who the fuck is this for? And I think that's a good place to end it. That's the same question about the show. <laughs> Very often too, but yes. it's for all of you. It's for all the folks in Turkey that made us the number one wrestling podcast in Turkey. It's for the Isle of Man where I think we're, the number one, all podcasts, and all of them. We're, we're number one in all of them. Probably not. There's probably a, a footy podcast that's beating us in the Isle of Man. But we're the number one wrestling podcast uh, in the Isle of Man. And we are going to be live this Saturday, immediately after AEW Full Gear, uh, for Instant Reaction Live, flagshippatreon.com, patreon.com slash wrestling, voiceswrestling.com slash uh, Patreon. We should mention as well Discord, uh, since Twitter appears to uh, maybe be not making it through the night. Rest in piss to that horrible, horrible app. Voicewrestling.com slash Discord if you want to join that as well. Uh, Don't make it shitty. Just because Twitter was shitty doesn't mean you have to make our Discord shitty as well. Because Discord was fun for a while. Don't make it shitty. Uh, We will ban you and and, and block you if you are shitty. So don't don't be weird. Don't be a troll. Go back to Tumblr or whatever the hell if you're going to be do that shit. So anyway, voice the rest on the comments Discord if you're going to be a normal person and engage in fun, interesting conversations uh, with other wrestling fans. Uh, we also have the Voice Wrestling Podcast Network. We're on YouTube. You can find us on YouTube. More and more clips from other podcasts popping up there on YouTube. So we're starting to grow that a little bit more. Uh, we have launched an Instagram as well, which I'm not going to do too much with. It's just going to kind of be a feed for our, our website since obviously I don't again I don't know if Twitter's making it through the night here. Uh Instagram got uh, dot com slash voices wrestling. You just look up voices of wrestling as well 
uh, to find us on there. But again, another reminder, Instant Reaction Live, uh, immediately following uh, AW Full Gear this Saturday, flagshippatreon.com, uh, patreon.com slash voice of wrestling, $10 tier for that. And we are out of here. So that is Joe. I am Rich. We'll talk to you next time on the Flagship Podcast. Take care. Hi, my name is Tyler Fornis, and I am the co-host of The Good, The Bad, and The Hunky here on the Voice Wrestling Podcasting Network. Every week, my co-host Fred Moreland and I discuss all the happenings of all elite wrestling and everything going on in the universe of Tony Khan. We talk about Dynamite, we talk about Rampage, and we will talk about Collision when the time comes as well, along with all the appearances outside of AEW from all the best talents in all elite wrestling. This is one of the more cohesive wrestling companies in the entire world, and we discuss every intricacy about it, including the unique booking of Tony Khan that is both a huge positive and a major detriment. Check us out every single Thursday here on the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.